Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Darkest Insight. This is episode number 79 for Friday, September 29th, 2017. I'm your host today, Jeremy Greer. I am joined by our regular host, Josh Crow. How are you doing, Mr. Beard? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you today? I'm doing excellent. Uh, we have not one, but two special guests for you today. Uh, one that has been on the show once a long time ago, and one who's uh, making their first podcast appearance ever. So we'll, we'll start with the with the noob. Uh, our first guest is Michael Prin. Michael, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing very well. Uh, listeners, if you guys have been watching our Twitter feed, you probably know Michael from some of his uh, Warframe streams and his just general overactivity on the Warframe topic in general. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and, and to make sure we had someone that could keep up with him, we got uh, another very special guest from the Twin Humanities podcast. It is Coffee Jesus, Mr. CJ. How are you today? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, and every time anybody mentions the word Warframe, it's as if the little donut of my heart gets a layer of sugared frosting. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would start this by saying uh, congratulations to um, uh, to Morb's good lady who's passed the driving test today. So, yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats. Congratulations Thank to you Mrs. very Beard. much. Thank um, you. Yeah, she was super chuffed. Super chuffed. That's yeah, awesome. So, yeah, it's been it's been a good day. It's been over over a year since uh, since she started. So yeah, wow. super happy that uh, that she's finally actually managed to pass it. So yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate that. So she's had a serious spring in her step all day because of it. So <laughs> excellent. Now you have to buy her a serious car. Like a <laughs> yep. oh no, she's already, she's already got one. I promised I'll buy her a, a sat nav. So she's already got a car. Excellent! Oh, very nice. cool. Yeah. Wow, you're, you're yeah. husband of the year over here. I didn't even. I don't even. I got my wife a birthday <laughs> present this year, man. You're, you're killing me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm recording a podcast on my wife's birthday, so <laughs> I'm the worst husband ever. <laughs> shout outs to shout outs to Brittany. Sorry about that, Brittany. We didn't we didn't know. <laughs> she, nah, she's she's cool. She's fine. Excellent. Um, we have a full show for you, as you might imagine, with both Michael and CJ here, uh, and mine and Josh's interest in Warframe. We're going to talk a lot mm-hmm. about that. But first, as we mm-hmm. always do on the Dark Insight, we're going to talk about the weather. Uh, Michael, let's start with you, since you can basically tell everyone my weather, because if listeners, if you don't know... I was going to say, we're me, like two hours away from yeah. each other, so... <laughs> Michael and I live very close to one another, so uh, which is unusual for the United uh, States. So for me and for Jeremy, uh, it is currently, I don't know about you, man, but right now it is a balmy 32 degrees Celsius outside with uh, blue cloudless skies. What the hell is Celsius? What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) See, little did you know when you invited me on, I'm a double agent for the overseas people. (laughs) Apparently Finally, someone. I know. Someone, at last. (laughs) At one time I met you in person, I just flew into New Orleans for the evening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's an expensive trip. CJ, what's the weather like for you, man? Um, It was uh, rainy this morning, and then it went sunny, and it was quite nice when it was rainy, because uh, I love it when it throws it down outside, and I can just fall asleep with the windows open and listen to the, Mm. the... uh, the sound of the rain hitting the, hit the empty streets and that beautiful sort of rainy smell coming through. And then this afternoon, I went to uh, to meet my friend Jasmine for coffee. So it was bright, bright sunlight there. And we went to a new coffee shop that was built above like a rock pub. So there was lots of like really quirky mer- merchandise. And you could, there was a big box of records sort of saying like put an album on. And we, we kind of uh, um, had drinks and, and flapjacks whilst listening to Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. And then oh. an and old, um, <laughs> oh, what was the other one? The, the, the guy behind the bar put on some, um, 
uh, and another sort of really old band that he, that he, that he loved. And yeah, it was, it was a good time, quirky place, but yeah, weather and times and coffee, obviously. Obviously, mm-hmm. coffee. Yeah. Do you, do you want to talk mm-hmm. about what you were what you were drinking today? I know that's a twin humanities <laughs> thing, but I, I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I only had a, an americano, jasmine, and a latte. But I'm I'm having a, a beautiful espresso roast at the minute, which is which is dark and foreboding. It's a, a gorgeous little thing. Exactly oh, the way I like about my po- exactly the way I like my podcast. Dark and foreboding. I did. Yeah, I, I I wasn't sure whether to go with a dark espresso roast or a Guatemala Antigua, or there's a Guatemala Hey Hey Tenango, which just come out, which is really beautiful, single origin. Um, but I went with the um. I went with the, the dark roast for the dark inside. <laughs> Seems appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize it at the time. I was just more like, oh, no, 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 fancy that. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> with, you, with you saying that um, uh, that you two sort of live close to one another, I just imagined it like there was an old uh, an old comedy duo here, like in the 70s and 80s called Morecambe and Wise, and they both lived in the same house. And yep. when, they, when they sort of went to bed, they both went on like different sides of the, uh, of the bed and then, you know, in like, kind of sleepy nighttime hats and pajamas, said a few closing words and then switched out the light and that was the end of the show. And I just imagined you two living close to one another. It was just little little comedy house. It's a, yeah. it's it's a lot like that with more fried food um and, and less mm-hmm. and less mm-hmm. pajama hats. So. And in and an evil dunk that stares out your wife. Yes. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I was gonna say it's a lot like that, but with a lot more like racist monsters in between. Very, oh, yeah. very dense with that in the deep south. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, we're yeah we're we're gifted at cooking and hating people of a different skin color than us. Unfortunately, so uh, we're trying. Though. Yeah. There's some there's some there's some liberals down here. We're we're, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. We're, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> uh, Josh, what is the weather like where you are in the world? Uh, unlike CJ, it has been pouring down with rain near enough all day here. Um, so no, no bright sunshine for me. But uh, I had plenty of coffee. But uh, unfortunately, yeah. no sunshine. Yeah, so it's fine. I'll, I'll take I'll take one out of two. It's fine. Mm. There you go. So, okay. Yeah, I uh, I am yeah. dying for some some just solid days of rain. I, that, this my it's my favorite kind of weather in the world is dark and thunderstorms, and uh, I have not had that mm-hmm. in quite some time. So. Mm. So we're gonna. It sounds like you're reading from an emo lyric book. Yeah, that's, I mean that's that's basically my life. So like, <laughs> you're not you're not wrong. Uh, wait, is Chris well, Mosier on this podcast? Where did he Where did he come from? Hope, yeah, hopefully we have appeased the weather gods and you can get some rain now. Yeah, uh, by talking about it, um, or at least just not ninety degree weather in September because Christ, yep. it's cool off already. Um, so we don't have a lot of news to talk about. Uh, in fact, I didn't put any of these articles on the thing, but uh, I think the biggest one um, is going to be the Assassin's Creed tour mode, uh, which sounds fascinating. Uh, who put? The, I think this was came from you, right, Michael? Yeah, this was uh, me. So I was hearing about this um, over the various news sites I looked at, but Assassin's Creed Origins is going to have a tour guide mode, and I don't know if that's what they're calling it exactly, but basically it's a gameplay mode they're going to take all the storyline out, all the combat out, and you're just going to be able to poke around ancient Egypt and see kind of the pyramids and the different scenery and kind of the culture and things like that. Uh, there's going to be uh, dozens of guided tours that are actually organized by real historians and experts, apparently. So you'll be able to kind of take, again, the tour and just see all the cool stuff that was happening back then, which I think is really neat. 
Like, I don't have a lot of interest in Assassin's Creed. I haven't played one of those games in a long time, but, like, I could get down tour guide mode. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this whole thing um, is very fascinating. Go ahead, CJ. Yeah. No, I, I, I love, I love uh, ancient Egyptian stuff anyway, and I'm, I'm double up for, uh, for Assassin's Creed Origins, but I think this is a, a really sort of really original kind of idea, and it'd be interesting to... You know, if, uh, if someone sat down with like a partner or a child or a grandmother or whatever it might be, or and and just was showing them around, it you know beyond combat and storylines and stuff like that, just showing the level of richness in a in a gaming world, and also if they are sort of you know tickling into bits of history, and um, I find that fascinating. I think it's it's really cool. Well, I'm up for this game anyway. But. Yeah, it's very cool, and I think this is one of... It's a good example of something that a video game could probably do better than other forms of media, because being able to see that stuff and touch it and interact with it is mm. uh, something unique to video games, and I think that's going to be really fun. I'm sure people have said before that um, there have been moments in history classes where kids have suddenly chimed in with bits of history that they've that they've been told in Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> so that, that has happened in the, in the past, I remember. Because um, often, I mean, even I, I probably was the only person that loved Unity. But um, uh, even in Unity, there were there were various bits which were tying into the characters that, that were, were introduced. And a lot of those sort of really stood out in my head. There was one, there was this this little quest with this woman and you she was guiding you through the streets and she was this mad lady and she was she was doing stuff like um round this corner is a man that did this and like you know you, you go and sort of twat him well, it's obviously it's in france but they're, but they're deciding that the cockney accents are the way to go and um in the in the history bit it said that um she was, um, they didn't know what to make of her in, uh, in the government. So, but they feared that she, she may bring bad luck upon them. And they put her up in this beautiful house and they really looked after her because they didn't want to sort of take the fates and stuff. And the first person, uh, to, to come in and question this was Napoleon who threw her out of this house and onto the streets. And she said, you will be, I'm going to use that voice again. She was like, you will be dead in two weeks. And he was. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so yeah there's there's lots of lots of really cool stuff in there like that so um yeah you, I, I i quite like that side of it when you were talking about um kids popping off in english or in like in school about like things that they've learned from assassin's creed i was just picturing little little jimmy like in kindergarten for the first time saying like my daddy told me that nothing is true and everything is permitted <laughs> like just, just <laughs> off those same lines well well you see in 1871 the templar did <laughs> and that's about all i know about assassin's creed <laughs> yes pretty much all you need to know is the templars did it so <clears throat> okay cool yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think I think this is, any, is, is anybody else getting this? Yeah, I'm, I'm I was on board from the moment they showed me sliding showed showed the main character sliding down like the pyramid, right? Like I was like, okay, well, I skipped Unity and I skipped um, I don't even remember the one that was in there was one in France Syndicate. and there was one in London um, yeah. Syndicate. Mm-hmm. Syndicate. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm kind of ready for another Assassin's Creed game after taking a little break. And uh, yeah, I'm, this just makes me more excited. Like I, I love ancient Egypt. Uh, like Autumn is really into it. So I think this is something that I could probably put in her, put the controller in her hands and not have to have her worry about like accidentally clinging to something or, you know, failing a stealth mm-hmm. mission or, or whatever. Cause she's not going to put up with any of that stuff. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. 
this goes into something that I've, I've I really like these kind of passive modes in games that remove some yeah. of the, the difficulty and like the mm. idea, for instance, of like a walking simulator version of you know Lord's Ran or Yarnum and Bloodborne would be super mm. fascinating to me just to be able to explore the architecture and stuff. Like, I think that's I think that's a really cool way to approach games. I wish and it's fascinating to me that Ubisoft of all people is doing it right like they have yeah for the- real like I don't know what's going on I wonder if tour this is an easy joke but I wonder if tour guide mode is going to make you climb some towers <laughs> yeah so you got to climb a tower and unlock something uh, uh-huh. yeah. but I, I'm, I'm all you, into this have you heard about the changes to the combat as well Mm-mm. they've no. um, they've gone souls with it oh, oh really, really? Okay. Mm, yeah because um, there was I saw a, a few bits on the videos at E3 and I was like Mm, there seems to be a bit of a lock on, and there seems to be a parry there. And um, there was there was a um, a friend who got sponsored by Ubisoft to do a, um, a video on it not long after, and it, and he'd had a, a hands on. And I was like, "Is that is that combat like Souls?" He was like, "Yeah, they've, they've changed it quite a bit." So um, so yeah, that that kind of enticed me all the more, even though I've kind of gotten Dark Souls and I put it. Over there, yeah, because, uh, <laughs> because uh, I've, I've I've been involved in Dark Souls for quite some time. It's it's nice to sort of take a break from it. And oh yes, Warframe, your embrace is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you brought That's... me a present. That jumped fits perfectly. How did you know me that well? Chocolate in the fridge. Is that coffee? How did you know? I was supposed to be living on my own now. It's, oh, it's fine. Dark, Dark Souls knows what it did, you know. Mm. It does. It does. <laughs> no, but I, I think that's a that's a good idea because when um, in Unity they they changed the combat so it wasn't that sort of fling yourself over there, um, balletic type stuff. It had got you know if you want to get to somebody that was over there, you had to kind of roll to them and um, you had to figure out a way over. And I mm. quite like the 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 weight of Unity's combat felt to me a lot like uh, Demon Souls, as in a lot more a lot more stocky rather than Dark Souls felt um, a bit more arcadish in comparison to Demon Souls. And I liked the weight and the heaviness of it. So, mm. it, yeah, it put me in mind of that. Yeah, that's all mm. fascinating because uh, a lot of my issues with some of the, the later day Assassin's Creed's, which is... Which is like, the combat just felt, like, completely meaningless in the game. Like, I could just mm-hmm, run around mm-hmm. and kill things indiscriminately. Like, I, at one point, I accidentally killed two guards at the same time. Like, I didn't even mean to. I just hit a square <laughs> at the wrong moment trying to run. And, like, <laughs> something shot out of my body and killed two people. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What did I do? I was just trying to chase a guy down. Um, hate it when that happens. <laughs> when I first heard of this mode, I, I, on Twitter, somebody had called it, like, a non-combat mode. And I really thought they were like, okay, mm. we're going to take away all of your combat options. And now you have to be a complete stealth uh, assassin person. Like, you're not going to have any resilience oh, yeah. or things. Things like that, mm-hmm. or, and I was kind of excited about that. But I'll take this too. I'm into it. Josh, you haven't said anything. Are you, are you into this as well? I am actually. Um, again, for somebody who's not really been um, a huge fan of Assassin's Creed Falls, Black Flag was the last one I properly played, and that was more because I just bought my PS4 and I wanted something to play on it. Um, I didn't really enjoy the story. I just enjoyed all the boat stuff, as pretty much everybody did who played that game. Um, but so me. Too, I, I'm quite into all the ancient Egyptian sort of mythology and stuff. What can I say? Anubis is my boy. I absolutely <laughs> always has been, always will be. I love ancient Egypt. I love the history of it. I love the pyramids and the Sphinx and everything. Oh, it just it just really speaks to me. So, in all honesty, I would probably buy this game at a discounted price simply for that mode because I think the the mode's not actually due out until next year. I think so. By the time mm. 
that mode is released, I could probably pick it up in a sale and just have fun with that mode. Because in my mind, that's kind of like when you get games that do sort of director's commentaries, except it's, you know, it's kind of like real life history, obviously. So it's different kettle mm-hmm. fish. But I kind of like when games strip back a lot of their systems and just offer insight to you, whether it be about the real world history or just you know, how they actually constructed the game and whatnot. I love it when games do that, when they just give you a chance to appreciate what it is they've made and especially if it's tied to actual history because you can appreciate not only what they've made but how they've obviously and clearly put in a lot of effort into trying to keep it as authentic as it would have been back then um and so to just see all this information come up and how detailed it is and how detailed it's been modeled to me that that's probably more enjoyable than doing the actual combat because that combat is it's all right but i've i might be more intrigued now that the whole thing of souls combat has been mentioned because that is very appealing to me because the Mm -hmm. assassin's creed combat has never been fun to me at all um and it always felt like a downer where i was trying to do something stealthy i got spotted and then i had to defend myself like that and it was just i was having fun up until the point i got spotted and then it was just oh right okay i just need to do what i've got to do to get out of this situation um and i always hated those moments they just they really took me out of the game um but so this mode i had genuinely no idea that this mode was even a thing until now and that's got me seriously excited and i'd be interested to see actually if maybe in the future they would release patches for older assassin's creeds that do similar things i mean obviously that that does require a lot of you know effort and you know more money spent on older properties so i appreciate that and if it's just something that's from this point onwards then that's fine that's cool but it would just also be nice to see because we've been given such rich cultures over the course of the assassin's creed franchise it would just be nice to to have that similar mechanic in those games as well and i know that people would say oh well you could just google the history of it and yes you can <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is when it, when it's in a game especially if it's a game that you, you're currently playing and you're really enjoying you're more likely to engage with it rather than just reading it on a wikipedia page because you can actually you can interact with these things and you can see them and actually move the camera around to see it from different angles and especially with the pyramids, just sort of seeing how the the sunshine affects it and whatnot. And oh, it's just all that stuff just really speaks to me. So I'm, I'm seriously excited for this mode. Now. I had no interest in picking this up despite my love for ancient Egypt. But now I might be, yeah, doing a 180 on that because that sounds really good. So you're going to wait for a price drop or is this, a, is this the sort of thing that might entice you to buy the game before the, the mode arrives, especially with the the, the Souls type combat? I would probably wait for a price drop simply because mm. there's not too much coming out in the near future that I'm picking up um, and I've got so much stuff as a backlog anyway. <laughs> it says the guy who's probably going to put a ton of hours into Warframe. Yep. <laughs> you know, and he's just, he's just picked up Cuphead today and he picked up Tacoma last week and then here he is playing Warframe. Hey! Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to wait for a price drop just because I know full well that if that mode isn't being released until next year, that game's just going to be sitting on the shelf collecting dust up until a time where that mode gets sort of put out there for public consumption. So I don't really see the point in spending full price on it for it to just sort of sit there waiting intently for this mode that's really going to get me in. So I might as well just sort of 
wait for that mode to come out, pick it up in, in a sale, and then just sort of really didn't stick my teeth into it then hopefully i'll have sort of cleared a couple of things on my backlog so i'll have more time to dedicate to it because it, it's it's not a small game obviously and it yeah. does require it's a serious time sink um so if i can clear a few things on my backlog and i can actually dedicate enough time to try and sort of really take it as being a fresh start i say okay this combat is is completely changed now so let's just go in with you know fresh start clean slate and see see how I can click with it. Um, and I'm thinking by the time that mode comes out, I'll have actually got myself into the right headspace to do that. So yeah, definitely be um, in a sale for me. I expect. About you, other fine gentlemen. Yeah, I think a tour guide mode for me is the first thing that made my ears kind of perk up about Assassin's Creed in a long time. Because like I don't have a lot of desire to engage with some of the systems uh, in this game, but like I could get down with a guided tour of ancient Egypt. That sounds pretty cool to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm probably sure. with uh, with Josh. I'm going to pick it up on discount at some point. You know, it's not a day one for me, but I'll I'll go there. Yeah, I'm kind of the same Mr. way. Jeremy McGreen. I, uh, I've been burned in the past buying Assassin's Creed games on day one. Um, so like I, I, I'm tempted to just to go ahead and pre-order it just so it's there and I can play it like, you know, the night of or whatever. Um, but at the same time, I kind of just want to give them a week or two just to patch in whatever weird game, you know, face breaking bugs that they're going to have. So that I don't have to deal with that. Um, but I'm, I, I'm definitely. I think I'm definitely going to buy this one. I probably won't wait too long after that. It's just going to be de- 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 mm-hmm. depending on um, a like what my Warframe addiction looks like in, on October 27th when the game comes out. <laughs> B what uh, Autumn's Diablo three <laughs> addiction looks like on October 27th because between those two things, that's pretty much all of my gaming time. So yeah, this will be the game that I unseal directly after I rip open my Xbox One X. So this is the this is the one where I'm looking forward to sort of seeing ancient Egypt in a way that I've only imagined in my in my head through reading books as a kid and stuff because mm-hmm. ancient Egypt sort of ancient Greece uh, they would they would they were still sort of historical superhero tales as far as I was concerned so um, uh, yeah I'm, I'm I'm really excited for for this so I shall let you know. Good. I expect to see lots of stuff on Twitter about it regardless. Sure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we get into, yeah. actually, this might be a pretty good way to transition into video games. Uh, long-awaited Xbox One exclusive Cuphead is finally out this week. Uh, Josh, you had a, like 10 or 15 minutes to play with this, and CJ, I know you've been watching yeah. some streams of it. Tell me about this mm-hmm. game. I've heard it super hard. That's about all I know about it right now. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it, it is super hard. I tried doing one level, and I just got my ass handed to me straight away. I mean, admittedly, it was kind of a, a rush thing just because I normally I wouldn't have bothered as I only had sort of 15 minutes because I had other things to do. But I thought, no, I've been waiting on this game for a long time. I mean, so I think the first time I saw this game was E3 last year. And I distinctly remember saying to both CJ and Paddy when they had me on 20 Manities for the E3 show last year that Cuphead was something I was seriously looking forward to. Um, and so I've been keeping a very close eye on it. And... Um, yeah, it just it, the art style just really, really speaks to me. I'm such a huge fan of this 1930s sort of art style, and it's incredible. And I was listening to an interview they did um, on Game Informer with um, I can't remember her name now. Uh, 
uh, somebody who who actually worked on the game, and she said that it was a team of fifteen people, and that they they drew and they painted and they animated all of these things by hand, and it is just to see that level of detail created by a team of fifteen people is frankly astounding. And mm. even if I, even yeah. if I don't uh, don't end up liking the game in the long run, I just want them to have my money as a fair play to you because <laughs> this is clearly a labour of love and a passion project. And difficult though it may be, I would just stick at it because it's got that aesthetic that I just I would lap up for days on end. So even if I, I just get my ass kicked time and time again, I don't care because just restarting that look and all of that is just amazing um and i yeah i i cannot wait to actually properly dig into this game because it just it looks incredible it sounds phenomenal the the music is just perfect absolutely perfect and even even with just spending 10 minutes with the game i was just utterly encapsulated by what was presented to me it's just so perfect and i'm in love with the game already Oh, it's, just, it's so so good and i imagine it's the kind of game where even that kind of stuff comes across in streams as well because it just looks that beautiful i've been um i've been watching true talent play it and um true talent was uh the person who taught me how to play souls for pbp um he's a street fighter player by trade he's a plays various games on his on his own stream but uh his souls pvp stuff was sheer genius i saw him go through bloodborne uh half the recommended level going with the old hunters <laughs> and was just trolleying stuff and tonight he was going through uh bosses in about five minutes he was it was it, it, seriously the, the sort of level of skill that is just absolutely beyond me but I, I mean, agree. I agree with Josh. I love the, you know, the aesthetic and uh, the music's fantastic. What surprised me was the sheer level of imagination that's there. Like when you've got a giant carrot that massages its forehead, and yeah. smaller carrot rockets <laughs> come out the top of its head, and then um, it sort of pulls open its forehead to reveal a mysterious eye, and then kind of brain waves start attacking. Or there's a there's a woman in a giant castle that's made of cake and she sends out random cakes giant <laughs> cakes to go on it's, it's, it was just crazy but watching his streams he's got a real way of I don't know a real really calm way of uh, and a, photogra- a photographic memory for like figuring stuff out um, it's very very concise in the way that he does stuff but he was cannoning through these and i was looking on twitter just people you know like john denton was saying like this there's, there's no reason it should be that hard and um and yet i'm you know seeing seeing sort of true play i i think it maybe leans back towards those old mega mans and that level of um maybe you only got a cartridge for your birthday or christmas but you came home and you just played it every day because that was just what you did that was the only thing you had and you just got super super good at it mm. yeah the, and there was saying in this interview that what they wanted to do was they wanted to take all of the the real old school style uh cartoons but meld it with um 80s platforming gameplay mm. and um yeah they've 
completely succeeded in that because it is ruthlessly difficult, which is particularly funny because Ruin has also come out this week and uh, I've heard oh, yeah. that is, is just as brutal in, in its difficulty. So, you know, it's, it's so funny to get two, come to think of it, two aesthetically, um, I don't know, very pleasing and very unique and different games that also have similar levels of just brutality to them. Like you need to be absolutely paying attention, otherwise you're just not going to get anywhere. Um, yeah, so I can't really say too much based on the 10 minutes I had with it, but the 10 minutes was enough to just tell me that my, was it £16.49 or something, was, was well justified. Um, hmm. So, I mean, I would I would have quite happily just bought the game regardless, to be honest, just to be in it just to be in that world and just just appreciate the level of dedication that has gone into it because that's what game development is all about to me it's just it's the want to just put something out there that is full of influences and dedication and passion um and is truly unique and offers up something different but it feels so similar it's just i cannot wait to just continue playing this game it is incredible um yeah just I, even with 10 minutes i cannot recommend buying it enough seriously it's just it's so good even if it's just to give the developers some money because they're only a small team and when you think about it if it's for 16 pound 49 that's just over a pound each for the team mm-hmm. members if you if you want to break it down into such basic terms as that just yeah. they they have more than earned their money yeah, there's something to be said for buying a game because you want to support the developers because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they've done something special or, or different or unique. You know, I'm sure those folks put their nose to the grindstone, put a lot of work into this thing if it's that small of a team. So mm-hmm. I'd feel good about buying it too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely yeah, be picking just, it up. Like I said, the only reason I didn't buy it today was because I knew it would take a little while to download. And my connect- connection is such that if I download a video game while trying to record a podcast, I sound terrible. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. So sometime this weekend, I'll, I'll definitely be picking it up. The art style alone is just too much for me to ignore. Like I, that that early 30s, like just overly animated. Yeah. And hearing about the yeah. giant cake woman in the, in the cake castle that shoots cakes, I, I can't help myself. Like I have now I have to buy this game. So. Um, CJ. Before we get into into big Warframe chat, is there any other, anything else you've been playing lately that you want to chat with, chat about? Absolutely not. But <laughs> I will I will say uh, that on Tuesday coming, uh, Dragon's Dogma, one of the greatest games ever, ever, ever made, is being released on uh, PS4 and Xbox One for a very tiny price of nineteen ninety nine. You can get it a little bit cheaper on line if you're going to or get some credit from an established credit store for your system of choice but it is belting absolutely belting so phenomenal, I, ph- phenomenal gaming mechanics a story that doesn't seem like it's there and then becomes one of the greatest stories ever made yeah i was about to ask you to do your elevator pitch for dragon's dogma but you're way ahead of me apparently (laughs) it's just it's it's probably the greatest combat that i've ever experienced in a um in a game and it's so varied within the the different classes that you can do don't bother with source sorcerer class because that's the bit arse but um 
There's there's a strider class, which is knives and, and bows. There's a sort of warrior class as well as a sorcerer for starting off with. And then those all divvy up and there's like loads of different variations like magic knight where you can be like a version of like, the, you know, the sorcerer meets the, the, the warrior or um, it, it, it really sort of varies out. But um, Grancis, the map is huge um, and there's a... There's not much in the way of fast travel for a good reason because there's a day and night mechanic. And if you're going to a new part of the map, you have to figure out when night is going to fall because you get, you won't be able to see anything. Black is black when it hits. There are different enemies that come out at night. And, hmm. you know, I remember a certain part where, um, my my party were um, really low on health, and I heard something huge in the forest ahead of me that I that was terrifying me. And I literally stood on a rock and waited for sunrise. Um, <laughs> and that was that was breathtaking. And there was there was also, I mean, one of the the most wonderfully unsettling things that I've uh, I've had in a game, and it really it really threw me was. Um, we've all seen zombies in, in games, and especially in Capcom games. And at, at, at night, in a certain area, this you know the undead rise. And there was this this one bit where um, kind of an, an undead zombie lady sort of sort of shuffled towards me and says, "Has anyone seen my baby?" Oh jeez! No. Um, so that yeah, that that really chilled me. Um, but it's 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 really good, and you've got um, you've got a pawn system whereby you you create a character to go alongside your own, and um, the, the the pawns are characters that that will sort of can travel through dimensions, and you can uh, your pawn can be hired out by people in other games. So if anybody's on like PS4 and they they, they see my pawn, they can they can borrow him, and he can fight alongside. Their pawn and like a couple of a couple of others that are you know you, you can have up to like four sort of with you at any time. If my pawn because you go to um, uh, sort of inns and stuff and um, it will show you um, where your sort of counterpart has been, uh, the things that he's been given by the owner, but also the the experience that he's earned, and you can use that to get better pawns in the rift. Which is which is where you go to get them. The interesting thing is if you if your pawn has gone somewhere in someone else's game that you haven't been to, it will tell you about. I believe there are problems here, sire. Do not go down there. There's a trap, and it will advise you hmm. because it knows. Um, and that's it's been a through really that, that cool system. Before. That's really awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was even yeah, a, there was cool. even a bit like much later on where you go down into this um, into this sort of tomb and the tombs are, are very you get a lot of like really big monsters in areas that aren't really big enough for them to be in so it's quite terrifying when you're seeing some sort of like cyclops that's doubled over sort of inside there that's sort of scrambling through a tunnel and stuff and you're like I can't get past you I need to go back or I need to hide or and somebody asked the developers at a certain point, going like, "This is this is one creature that it does it is it more aggressive around women?" And, <laughs> and they went, "Yeah," and they just they hadn't said anything about it, but they they primed like one particular creature to do that. You can you can climb on monsters' backs and basically ride them until until your, your stamina sort of holds out and then you have to drop away. But there are things in the main game where you'll see 
say a cyclops that's got like a helmet on and you can you can jump on his back and you can climb up and he'd be reaching behind you like in an old uh, really old Harryhausen way to like reaching around you to, to to try and get at you and he won't be able to and he might pull like the helmet off his head because he's reaching around to, to the back to try and get you but you also get moments where you know you see that same creature and he might be sitting by a lake with a load of birds around him and just not doing anything just this 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 tranquil scene um, the game's magical, and it was so so ambitious on the last generation. Um, it did things that no other game's ever done. And when the story super kicks in, where you go, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" Um, <laughs> it's because it doesn't. It, it just seems like an afterthought at first, and then it just goes somewhere, and it goes somewhere again, and it just it. The, the game is a phenomenon, an absolute phenomenon, and I hope. Um, in the same way as Josh is supporting Cuphead, um, I've ordered this on uh, one and PS4 because I, I want them to do a sequel um, because the game is magnificent. It's one of the greatest games ever made. And if you don't believe me, listen to the Canaan Rents that I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that all sounds really awesome. Like I, I oh. am going to be a sucker for a day-night cycle in a game 100% of the time. Like I'm always down for that. Uh, and but the, the lack of fast travel, like a, a, I think they put a bit more into the Dark Risen version. But in the original game, you had one stone that you can position on the map, which essentially was your fast travel at a certain portion in the game. Hmm. Um, just one place where you could fast travel to. But that also meant that the day and night cycle was important because you feared it and you had to time. If you were going right to the edge of a map, you were thinking like. Well, is it is it best if I if I start out at night and then I'm, when daylight hits, I'm in an area that I'm not sure about, so I can see my surroundings and stuff. Um, and it's 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 just very very special, really really special. And especially when you know the the starting sequence when you see the uh, the the dragon that, that that arrives to to take out your heart and chooses you to be the arisen. It basically unfolds out of a cracked moon and then flies towards the ground at night with this huge old school Disney-esque sort of music swirling around it <laughs> and you're like, oh my god I'm in! It's, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's beautiful, I can't wait to get back to Grancis. Sorry, I interrupted with gaming romance. <laughs> no, 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 that's that, that is 100% fine, yeah. If, uh, mm. I've already pre-ordered uh, pre-ordered it for the PS4 because it was a mm. it was a victim of Dark Souls for me. Like it, it it came out around the time that I was heavily heavily into Dark Souls and Dark Souls PvP, and I played it for like a couple of hours and then got like wandered somewhere in the dark and got squashed. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back to the forest and get squashed in the forest by people all day. Like that's that's more fun <laughs> to me. So now that I'm not quite it- as addicted to Dark Souls, I'm I'm really eager to dig into it. It's it's got a real sense of humor to it as well. Like the um, the the sort of the little goblin type creatures are generally kind of kind of quite. <laughs> <laughs> They've got that sort of like mischief about them, and you know, almost like a cartoon level of shock when they see you and stuff. And uh, uh, the combat is just genuinely such a joy, and he's so um, you've got so many options to tune it to the way that you want to play. Um, but it's, I'd say it's worth traveling across the different classes and just maxing those out because each play very, very differently. And when you get um, variations on those, 
um, you know, you can you can then jump into those again. It's just a shame that this version a hasn't got the really blinding J Rock soundtrack that was on the original on the on the title screen, which threw everybody a loop. And people going like, "Why is there a massive J Rock soundtrack on this?" And before before you knew it, people were like, "The wind is pushing me <laughs> to the current again. Feel the blood in my veins." So, um, and also the original had uh, like free. Um, Berserk DLC in it, so um, you could dress two of the or two of the costumes that you could get um, were um, Guts's costume and the Silver Person. I can't think of their name, um, but yeah, they, there was there was Berserk stuff in there as well. But it, oh, the game's great. The game really is great. Do you know when that comes out? I haven't actually looked. I just uh, like, Tuesday. Oh my god! Seriously. Yeah, <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too many games. Yeah, too many games. That, that price. That price is the perfect price to put a remaster out at. Because a lot of the time, when you, when you say, "Oh, that's that's coming out. It's being remastered." Oh, right. It's it's forty five pounds. Is it? But uh, yeah, I'll I'll get that in a sale when it drops to twenty. So they're putting it out at a price straight away. That you know, if anybody's heard anything about Dragon's Dogma, they can just go, "Yeah, I'll go for that." Um, like I say, online retailers here are doing it for fifteen ninety nine already. If you got, you know, you know, places that you can get cheap PSN Xbox credit, you probably get it for the same sort of prices there. But it is special. <laughs> I like how you just like you said places like they're backdoor GameStop somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like yeah. If you if you if you're going along the Capcom route, you can imagine like hello stranger. <laughs> like, just opens up a coat and there's like PSN cards on one side and Xbox cards on the other. <laughs> yep. I'm super. Well, don't pay full price. <laughs> Michael. It's it's your turn. Do yes. you have a game that's not Warframe that you'd like to speak about? Surprisingly, yes. Although if you followed me on Twitter, you'd probably call me a liar. But I have been playing something else. Uh, Wolfenstein, The New Order. Uh, so this is something that I've kind of had my eye on for a long time. And uh, I play only on PS4, so I was just waiting for hard drive space, basically. But got it on sale, started playing it, and... Uh, this came out in 2014, so I'm a little bit late to the party, but I've been playing this. It's a, it's a very interesting shooter. So for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's part of that same kind of Bethesda, uh, id software partnership sort of thing. Although I think it didn't actually do all the work on this game. Uh, but it's very cool. You know, it feels a lot like... I remember Wolfenstein playing from back in the day. So if you played old Wolfenstein, you remember your character moving 80 miles an hour and the combat being very kind of tight and you make one slight mistake and like, boom, you're down kind of thing. This game very much harkens back to that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about the storyline because I think that's a big part of what makes this game special, but it is a big plot-driven, set-piece kind of shooter with some legitimately, like, affecting scenes that are in it. Uh, Broad-stroke stuff, you're in a war against uh, Nazis that have acquired super science, so this is back during World War II, Uh, but, like, it's an alternate history of World War II where the Nazis have, like, robots and giant Tesla coils (laughs) and all this advanced technology stuff. Uh, and they basically win the war, um, mm-hmm. and you're trying to find a way to fight back. And mm-hmm. it's very, very cool. Like the combat's pretty fun. 
it's uh, largely hashes out to be kind of a average to better than average sort of shooting mechanic. But like mm-hmm. the storyline, guys, is really solid on this thing. Mm-hmm. It has an amazing emotional loop of like you see Nazis doing bad stuff to people. And you can't do anything about it because the game cleverly disempowers you at certain points through various means. So you see Nazis do bad stuff, can't fight back. Then you get your powers, then you can fight back, and then you do bad stuff to them. And it's like, it just goes in that loop where you actually get to see kind of the regime crumbling as you take bites out of it. And it's, it's very, very fun. Um, you know, it, it's a very good shooter. Like, I think it's really good. There's a sequel coming out next month, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited to play that for sure. Because, boy, Bethesda and it did a really good job of selling the emotional connections in a first-person shooter, which is hard to do. Yeah, these yeah, uh, I, this this game got a lot of attention after the uh, sequels trailer came out over E3, and uh, people I think people yeah. went back to it and were like, "Oh, hey, this game existed, and maybe I, maybe yeah. I overlooked it." I played it, and uh, I fucking adore this game. Like the the weird alternate mm-hmm. takes of music, like the the German versions of uh, Beatles oh, songs yeah. and things yeah. like that. Like mm-hmm. all of that stuff is just world building mm-hmm. at its finest, and the way it encourages you to do crazy stuff, like dual wield like any weapon in the game, and <laughs> yep. gives you specific perks that, based on like the way that you play. Like all all of that stuff is super exciting. Um, I know CJ and Patty had a love affair with this game right right after E three. I remember seeing those those two talk about it a lot on Twitter. Uh, Josh, you, you played yeah, this game. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I played. I played this. Um, I actually I picked up the special edition that came with um, some postcards, and I'm looking at them now. And I haven't actually opened them for the sake of just keep trying to keep it as sacred as I can. But the very top postcard is actually four Nazi soldiers walking across Abbey Road. Uh, you know, sort of. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. As a parody for for the Beatles album, so it's it's the attention, the detail in this game to try and keep it bombastic but grounded at the same time that. I absolutely adored it. So I completely agree that the, the actual the shooting mechanics aren't anything special, especially after right. now playing stuff like Titanfall 2. I mean, Titanfall 2 sure. shooting mechanic was just, oh, just sugar. It was so good. Um, and this, it holds up. It's it's really good. It's, it fits its purpose. Um, and it feels meaty. It's got some real weight to it. Um, and it's got like quite an oppressive atmosphere. One one of the things I really took away is there's a, a choice that you have to make very early on in the game where you have to choose essentially between two different characters. Yeah. Um, and that is not a good choice. Um, but the way that the aftermath is handled is it's not just you that's affected by the choice. It affects a, the character that you don't choose as well. So they are... Well, I mean, I've only played it three once, but the the person who I chose to save, essentially, he was really racked with guilt over my decision and would kind of bring it up to me time and time again throughout the course of the game to remind you that you have made this decision and that either way, you are fucked, but, you know, you just, you had to make that choice. And you have to live with those consequences. And those consequences, just they play on your conscience because it's such a shit situation. But you had no choice, really. You just, you were put in this situation and, you know, your hands were tied. And I love the way that it's kind of an extra little bit of characterization that you don't tend to get with first-person shooters. Yeah. Um, Just because it's, you know, that's kind of considered, you know, a step beyond what we know first-person shooter campaigns and, 
and characters to actually have. And that was one of the biggest things I took away from from Wolfenstein, which is the way that it chooses to characterize these people is just it's it's got real emotional gravitas to it. And I I absolutely loved every second of it. And I would definitely be picking up the sequel. That is one of the few games I'm looking forward to between sort of now and, and next year. So I'm definitely picking the sequel up. Um, I did start a new playthrough of this one, but I just, I haven't had time to go back to it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a great game. Yeah, the, the yeah. nucleus of, um, of Wolfenstein for me was uh, Billy Blazkowicz himself. That mm-hmm. um, whilst you see him as this, you know, uh, big brash sort of mm-hmm. force of nature, the man cares about people and he has mm-hmm. real heart and can sort of mm-hmm. take a step back and realizes what he's fighting for. And I think that um, it not only makes him a more interesting character to watch because there's. Um, there's colour to his character. There's 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 depth and weight to his soul that um, I think it endears you to him. And if you can go through that opening sequence without being in, um, well, not quite the the opening sequence. Let's say the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. Do that sequence without being in tears and balling up a fist mm-hmm. at the point where you're given control. Mm-hmm. Um, I you I'd be very very surprised because it's just it's a wonderful way of bringing somebody into a game. It's astonishing. Yeah, that yeah. game really makes you want to fight back. You know, yeah. like you you do it, and more so than like a game compels you to fight back, where it's like, oh, there's a thing in front of me, I need to shoot it. You really want to like every time you get into a combat encounter, just scream like, "Screw you guys!" Like, I'm yeah, done. You know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's, it's a bit it's of a master, bit of a master stroke. The the, um, the marketing that they've done with the with the new one at E three, where they got um, the Lightning Man video, which was um, like the old sixties Batman, and then they got mm-hmm. the um, the one that was like Little House on the Prairie with a robot Nazi dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. They were all superb. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, just I was going to say that the the way that the villain is introduced in Wolfenstein is brilliant because it's, it's that choice again. And it is a fantastic way to establish a villain. And Mm -hmm. it it really does sell it to you that every Nazi you kill from that moment forward, you are a body closer to actually putting a bullet in this guy's head. So, you know, it, it really helps you sort of rally against them and thinking, right, I can't stand you. And you are, fucking for it at the end of this game <laughs> but i've just got a lot of killing to do between now and then but yep. that's fine because it's all fun so yeah it just it really helps sell the villain to you and that's where a lot of games can fall down sometimes is mm. just the, the villain lacks impact and it's it's the impact of the villain whether they be sort of i don't know real stern and sinister or more sort of saturday morning cartoon sort of villain you need them to have an impact you need them to just punch you in the face early on to establish the tonality of the game and say, look, this is your ultimate bad guy. You need to work very hard to get to this, but trust us, it's going to be worth it when you get there. Yeah, And it, it was one of those games that really, really sold that to me. Yeah, first-person shooters with emotional weight. You don't see that very often. So that's it's definitely a recommendation for me, and hopefully with the sequel, they carry that forward, You know, because mm-hmm. I think that's what makes us special. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you guys don't mind, uh, me and Michael wanted to spend about 45 minutes talking about how great Diablo 3 is, but I think in the interest of time, (laughs) we should probably skip over that. Uh, 
Josh, do you, do you mind skipping over to Coma? Maybe save it for save it for the next step, and then we can go right into our war. Yeah, it's chat. fine. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really played that much of it anyway, so yeah, it's fine. Okay, Crack cool. Um, I've played the first ten minutes of Tacoma, and I can't wait to get into it more. Is my opinion of Tacoma? Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's really good. Yep. It, it's really good. That's all we need to say for the time being. So um, let's talk about Warframe. Um, I'll go around the room a little bit. Obviously, uh, Michael and CJ are a lot more experienced in Warframe than I think me and Josh are, uh, just because they've both been playing it all oh, the yeah. time. Uh, mm-hmm. CJ is obviously completely crazy in love with it. You can hear that on the not one but, but two episodes. It's in, it's in my my breathing now. My mate at work knows that he can he can say like you can walk past me and just go like Warframe, and like oh, he just goes like. <laughs> and see, uh, I'm I'm at least as in love as you guys are with the game, but I've learned that it's a quick way to lose friends if I talk about it as much as I think about it. So I'm kind of <laughs> trying intensely to like flex everything and just contain my love for this game, but I love it so goddamn much, guys. It's so good. I just, I just think it, it it deserves jumping up and down about because um, they, the way that I got into it was it was someone on an Easy Allies podcast who, who sort of sent in a question. He was saying that, um, why don't you guys cover free-to-play games? Um, uh, Warframe is in a, um, a really amazing place now and it can't get any press whatsoever. And, you know, they, they said they've got enough paid-for games to... Um, to, to cover and that people can really sort of download and try out for themselves unless there's you know download limits and stuff that that, that play a factor but they took criticism and um, it was I don't it just seems so imaginative and so daring and I don't know what to expect with it and you know unlike I know Michael's like way, way more experienced than me. I'm, I'm still only a, a, a couple of months into it, but it's at the core of it is something that's really, really playable. It's just a great fun game to like shoot stuff and, you know, pin people against walls with bows and like chop knives and boing about with a crash bandicoot jump and a, a kind of a, um, a platinum games like slide and uh, wall running from Titanfall and stuff. You can, you can do all that. And at the core of it is, is, is this, this nucleus of something that's just immensely playable, but there are so many quirks and surprises and systems and on the edge of it that you you know, the conversation is great. Um, don't go into it looking to get a measure of it because I still don't know what it is. It's this blissful enigma that I can't figure out and yet whisper soft, sweet words into my mind. <laughs> I, can't, I can't let it go. I just can't leave it alone. And it's so. um, I will scream about this game to anybody. And especially it's been nice, you know, doing the doing the podcast and Michael, Michael was kind enough to sort of say, Oh, this is, you know, uh, my favorite game ever. It's nice to see that that you're talking about it. It's been nice to see like folks trying it out and getting into it or sort of saying, Oh, I've done this and what's this and oh, I don't know, have you seen this? And that conversation was part of the reason that I fell in love with like Demon Souls and and things went on from there and the um, as a sort of spin off from like some of the videos Jim Sterling's been doing about like um, you know sixty dollar games that have got uh, you know paid for DLC and loot boxes and all that kind of stuff that this is a game that's not beholden to a publisher and it shows because it seems almost like a the same sort of thing with like a, a series of novels where somebody just 
keeps writing and keeps going and keeps trying stuff and keeps doing yeah. new things. And it's very iterative on, on, on the last. And rather than going, right, well, we'll stop that now and do a sequel. Because, and even on the death stream a couple of weeks ago, where they were showing off Planes of Eidolon, which I think is going to push the game over the edge mm-hmm. um, with a lot of people and is maybe going to get them some press. The devs look so nervous and yet so proud. And seeing <laughs> that, that level of of investment but also you can tell a true creative when someone almost has like an imposter syndrome about them themselves <laughs> where they, they are that that kind of they care that much um and i'm gravitating on again i know it's um, fine but so I, um yeah maybe we should uh, take a take a step back here for people who aren't familiar with it and kind of describe what this game's like because it is uh notoriously difficult to see on paper or even in videos and kind of get a sense for what it's about. So for listeners that aren't familiar, uh, Warframe is a third-person MMO shooter with some heavy RPG elements. It's uh, mission-based and kind of has an emphasis on acrobatics and like build variety, weapon variety kind of stuff. The way I describe it to people, if I have to bullet point it, is imagine the kind of weapon creativity you see in like a, those old Ratchet and Clank games, mm-hmm. but like times 11, you know. Uh, and then factor into that, I think you mentioned some of the acrobatic stuff from like wall running from like Prince of Persia or the Crash Bandicoot double jump, like you said, things like that. Um, there's a lot going on in this game, so it's very difficult to kind of describe to people uh, because it sounds like a fever dream whenever you try and walk mm. people through it. <laughs> also, I think yeah. that sort of trying to <laughs> trying to sort of intimate um, the, the the quirks and nuance and sort of systems that are there to surprise you yes. um, in in many ways as it goes along may put people off thinking that it's something that's impregnable when at the core of it is just, I just say download it, pick a Warframe, pick your weapons and just have fun because the, the thing that I, f- I felt when I first started playing it was it felt like an old PS2 game and I don't mean that in a put down at all, but in the way that used to, you don't get your old double uh, A games anymore. Those games that weren't by big studios, but and they, mm-hmm. they they might have been, you know, they might have have had points where they they missed the mark, but they were ambitious and they did new things and they did there was just something about them which was hungry and mischievous and 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 sort of exciting and. Um, that was my, my core impression at the start of it when I was running through these level, you know, these, these sort of level-based games and just having a whale of a time. And then when I, other stuff was on the on the edge of it and I was trying to figure it out and then, you know, maybe seeking out like the odd video or having a conversation with people or, or even just letting things in levels surprise you like, oh, there's, there's, a, there's a stalker in the level. What? What's one of those? <laughs> or look at, Why are looking the lights at, like, flickering? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, uh, kill me. <laughs> or, or like looking looking on the map and going like, what's a vampire level? Um, this this still stuff in this game I have oh, no idea about. Did you just um, say vampire level? What vampire oh. level? Um, <laughs> okay, and there's still stuff in this game that I. I, I don't know about, but it doesn't over tutorialize. The, there can be bits where it be like, it will just throw something at you, and you go, "Holy what!" In a way that horror <laughs> horror films, good horror films, should do. The ones without um, like 
spending a fortune on CG monsters where it's just like, just mm-hmm. drop it on me. Let me go through a level and, and, and hear the Lotus go, oh, there's too much bloodshed. There's a Leviathan in the level. Um, if, you, <laughs> if, you, if you don't want it to find you, ease off on the bloodshed. What? What's one of the, Where? How? What's, a Leviathan. What? The, what? <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's exciting. It's, it just feels... It feels different, and the more that I play it, and the more I forget, and even, you know, I can, you go into these missions, and uh, you can go with friends, or you can bring in, like, randos, or you can do them uh, solo and, and stuff. Even now, like, a couple of months in, I'll, I'll see other people go, and I'll go, there'll be a part of fashion frame, where I'll be like, oh, God, look what you're wearing. What's, what's that weapon? Or I'll go into a battle and be like, what's that? Why are those people kind of green and they're kind of throbbing with, with like sound? What they've just exploded? Why is there a carpet full of blood? What's going on? And it feels like the only way to know a Warframe is to actually have it yourself and figure it out because it's even, even having one isn't an obvious thing. I mean, on PS4, I, I started with Vault and I was saying on the last Twin Humanities that I hadn't really got to grips with Vault. I hadn't learned to love Vault, but that's changed now, and Vault may well be one of my favourite Warframes that I've used. Um, because you can, you've not just got the the shell and the powers of a of a thing, but you, as you go through levels, you get um, little cards which can uh, just like your abilities or um, the way that you uh, your bullets impact something. Or there's so many variations, and you can sort of modify those. You can essentially make your own build around yep. a character, and that that's that becomes fascinating in of itself and sure so what um this is a big part of the leveling curve for this game so if you're wondering like he i mentioned rpg elements earlier like how do you level well it's a little bit different um what cj is talking about with the cards uh warframes are basically your playable characters there's about 30 of them in the game right now uh and then you can have a primary weapon a secondary weapon and a melee weapon so we call it a shooter but there's actually a lot of hack and slash elements to it as well each one of those four things, Warframe and the three different weapons, they all have eight uh, modifier slots that you can put these cards into, and they can change stats from the weapons to all kinds of different stuff, from increasing damage, uh, changing the clip size, trading one stat for another, where you can like reduce your clip size but increase your firing rate, things like that. Basically anything, like we have a joke amongst my friends, you know how there's an app for that? Well, there's a mod for that. Like anything you could imagine, you can find a mod card and make your weapon do whatever you want. Like uh, I'm using this two-handed bastard sword that has a shotgun in the hilt right now and it can shoot through walls and all this stuff, you know. I saw, uh, I saw one on the video the other day where you've got basically a pair of alien testicles, um, <laughs> which, which can drop, which can, which which can, can drop, drop, of like, course, just po- like human testicles. Poison mist, poison mist <laughs> yes. on the on the floor. Like the the, the guy on the on the video is a um, a tactical potatoes video. He called them infesticles, uh, and they basically <laughs> you, you, you carry them like dangling bollocks in your hand. And they leave, um, they leave kind of these purple sort of gas clouds on the floor. And if aliens run yes. into them, they just melt. Yep. Um, there are 430 weapons in this game right now. So 430. 
uh, and they are very appreciably different from each other. You know, there's a lot of gun. I mean, if the story about alien testicles didn't give you an idea of the kind of weapon yeah. variety you got, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of stuff. There's flamethrowers, there's laser rifles, there's things, automatic crossbow shoot, uh, shooters, all kinds of stuff, like any kind of weapon you could imagine. And uh, that's, I think, what makes this game special is that it's so rich. Like, you might look at it on the page and say, oh, this is something where you're going to be doing the same activity over and over which to an extent is true but i think it's the ways that you do those that are interesting uh the comparison i've made before is it gives me vibes like final fantasy tactics where tactics you're basically doing the same kind of encounter like it's always the same sort of deal but it's because you can approach those encounters from a thousand different ways that's what makes this thing fun it's a bit like Mm -hmm. being a kid with a toy chest where you're just like oh i haven't used nova for a while i'm gonna bring nova out of the thing and she can cause all the enemies to be slow motion and make them blow up and all this stuff oh i haven't used that gun in a while let me pull that out of storage and oh yeah this is a lot of fun i forget about this you know it's it's all really really cool stuff huge amount of variety in this game and i think that's what makes it really cool so I want to I want to uh, comment mm. on, on something that happened to me <clears throat> uh, because it plays into what CJ was talking about with, with the fashion frame. Um, I finally mm-hmm. I finally picked it up and started playing it. Uh, I played just a very little bit. I, I unlocked multiplayer, and then I jumped into a game with um, Michael, uh, our friend on the internet, Patches, who I think most of us probably have had some communication with on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, another friend, Garrett, from the Going Digital podcast, and. Uh, those three have been playing Warframe for an extremely long time, and I had been playing Warframe <laughs> for about 27 seconds, and they were like, hey, we're going to go do like, this survival mission. And so everybody loaded up, and um, the first thing that happens, and I, I again, this is all being new, so uh, when you load up into a team... Um, Basically, like your whole your whole steez, like your whole gameplay. If it's not in missions, you're like in, on your like alien spaceship thing, and you've got consoles to go to all of your equipment upgrades to the store to do mission planning to do whatever. And uh, in the front where you do your mission planning, you have kind of like a it's like a you know commander's deck, so you have a window to space. And uh, as you group up with people, you see their spaceships outside yours. And I look out, and it's like, yep. oh yeah, that looks like mine. That looks like mine. And Michael, what the <laughs> fuck are you driving? <laughs> 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 what in I the world? Being, like, who's got the fancy? Well, of course it's Mike. Of course, Mike is the fancy. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, loading into the game and seeing. Um, at the time, I was using a mag, which is one of the first ones you get presented with. And uh, similar to what, what you said, CJ, uh, I, I hadn't really clicked with it at all. Like, I didn't understand how to use the powers. I didn't understand what the powers did. Um, but I was just, I was game for it. Like, I just wanted to go down and shoot some shit in. And we did. And, like, watching those dudes play and, like, the abilities and things that they were doing really reminded me of Dark Souls 1 PvP. And that, like, I would invade mm. somebody's world and I would see, like, oh, hey, you're, where did you get a sword that get, that's on fire every time you swing it? Like, not knowing anything about <laughs> Quaylog Fury Sword or anything like that. Just, just seeing it going, oh, shit, I want that. Um, there's definitely an aspect to that. And then the core gameplay loop that, you know, select a mission, go do the mission. Uh, it automatically pulls in people for you, or you can match up, or you can do it solo, or whatever. And that, that's 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 all feels really, really smooth and doesn't get in the way of the gameplay, which is something that I would have a, I think would be a drawback. Uh, but just mm-hmm. going and doing a mission, and like you can do it in a bunch of different ways as you want to. You could sneak around and like you know backstab people with your crazy weapon, or you could you know just mm-hmm. just go through full guns blaring, which. I did a mission and three randos joined it and they were just like, okay, we're just, you know, we're going to go in hot. And sure enough, we just exploded that entire place with gunfire. Like none of us ever stopped shooting the entire time. 
if we weren't shooting yep. like people were slinging ice or, or whatever. Um, and then mm-hmm. again, so- something that CJ said, uh, you know, if you just to get in and start playing, like if you don't click with the frame, like there's, there's, if you're on Twitch prime or, or whatever, like there's, they've been giving away free, free stuff, even with PS plus, I think, uh, and definitely go like try it around because I switched to the, the frost frame, and, oh, frosty! Oh man, <laughs> I love—I just love being able to freeze people. Like that's the dopest thing ever. And then that ice wave thing—that's as far as I've unlocked so far. I don't even have my other two abilities yet, and I'm just like in love. Avalanche, avalanche is a beautiful thing. I cannot. Like, there, I was, there was a bit today where I was running around with with Volt, and um, Volt has a top end ability where at first I was just—it's an ability called Discharge, and basically you just kind of fire electricity out in like a circle around you. And at first it was—it was just stunning enemies. And then I realised that if I uh, I looked at my cards and I started amplifying my cards, I could um, push the intensity of that. I could push the reach of that. And now mm-hmm. I can—I can just burst it and like hit a group of enemies. Um, and over a certain portion of time, they'll just kind of disco dance and then die. Um, but there was a there was a bit where I was doing a mission today, and there was a, a frost prime in the mission with me. And essentially, it was like I just it, it came into my head. I was like, uh, "I'll light them up. You set them on fire." Because it, <laughs> it was like they were all like dancing, and then you saw them go like boosh into like snow and these little sprinkly tinkly snowflakes afterwards and it was just it was so much fun i was giggling like a loon as i was running around um, and there's and there's all kinds of warframes out there guys like there's there's fire ones there's ice ones all your usual suspects are kind of elementally driven each one of disco them ones. Have, there are disco mm, ones me. um every <laughs> yeah that's uh we'll get into that but uh mm. yeah there's Every one of these uh, playable characters has different stats, but moreover than that, they have four different uh, powers that they have access to uh, that do wildly different things, you know? So, and there's like an interdimensional warframe, which like moves in between this dimension and like a pocket dimension that he controls, and it affects how you interact with enemies and things like that. Like, there's a dragon warframe, like pretty much any kind of build you could imagine in a game, there's probably something that lets you do it in this. So, it's got a huge field of play for player expression which is awesome like that's what i'm here for 100 percent. that's why i love this game but if, if your imagination has said i wish in a game i could cast out a disco ball that would go <laughs> around a level having a go at people and if i smashed the floor with a mallet that would add a beat to the disco ball but would also cast buffs on everybody around me and play music and i could make my own music and i could download music uh, that would uh, make it individual to me. If your imagination said that, you finally got a game for you with the Octavia Warframe because Paddy's been playing that at the minute, and it's uh, uh, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah, if you've ever wanted to kill someone with a drum set, Octavia is your gal. Like that's the thing you can do. <laughs> Josh, as so, yeah, uh, as as a new good. player, I kind of want to hear about your experience in playing it over mm. the the last week or so because uh, I know when I started, and even now a, a little bit deep into it, like I feel kind of overwhelmed with everything to the point where I'm just kind of ignoring everything and I don't worry about it until like I kind of like the yeah, game tells me to. That's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. But I, I'm I'm interested in what, what you thought of it so far, Josh. Yeah, I totally agree that I am absolutely overwhelmed by everything that surrounds me at the moment. There's, just, there's so much stuff going on and I haven't got a clue what is happening, but that doesn't seem to matter because it's just, it is, it's so much fun 
and the the gameplay is fast and it's kinetic and it always keeps you moving always keeps you doing something even just the, the small touches where you were just you're jumping but the distance that you can travel when you jump it just it just feels so good and sure for immediate comparison purposes obviously we've just had destiny 2 come out as well mm-hmm. so what what was interesting is seeing destiny 2 come out and obviously you've got this massive massive group of people that are just shouting about it which is understandable but then you just you get this this tiny little game that nobody's really given a shit about for a couple of years it's also getting just as random just resurgence of of love and passion and respect and that's been quite interesting to watch from somebody who has never really been to either so i played the original destiny for a couple of hours nothing sort of too extraneous really um so i picked up destiny 2 as well and guess which one i put on the show notes today everything you need to know <laughs> but this made me smile when when we had a bit of a uh twitter chat a few days ago josh because mm. you would, mm. it seems like you, you know where your heart lies and especially when mm. with the love that you've got for all ps2 games the fact oh, that yeah. it's got this 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 core of it, which could well be a PS2 game, yeah. um, with the the different level based stuff, but there's th- this magnificence on the on the periphery. And like with me saying about the Warframes, Paddy was like, "Well, why aren't you why aren't you making the most of your, your abilities? Why aren't you uh, why aren't you sort of uh, using them at all?" This was near the start, and I was like, "I just like." Get my bow and yeah. making when a man comes quite close up to me, literally pinging him across the map and then mm. watching him wobble as I pin him to a wall over there. Yeah, and yeah. that that just becomes great because you know I, I started out with the uh, with the bow, the Robocop gun, and the sword with my Excalibur, and I was just having so much fun with those mechanics, mm. but. The, and that was fine, but the point where I wanted to sort of broaden my horizons, I could, but it felt like the game wasn't putting pressure on me to do that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Then I feel like um, I haven't used the abilities too much, but that's more because I kind of don't want to because the gunplay mm. and and the melee combat just feels so fluid and fast and just so much fun that I'm more using the abilities in an attempt to try and get out of a habit of forgetting that there are abilities really so Mm. i'm using the ability specifically to remember that there are abilities to use um but i just don't need to it's a it's only really like if i haven't done one for a while and i think yeah just i just fancy a bit of flair so i just chuck this ability in and then it happens like that's cool (laughs) yep and Um, it kind of plays into the arc of the game too because when you start out the game very much i mean it's it's pretty like open like once you get mm -hmm. past the first couple introductory missions you can pretty much go any direction you want uh, mm-hmm. The world map is the solar system, so you start on Earth and you kind of work outward in a spiral. You visit all the planets and a couple of new areas that you may not know about. And uh, the game takes it easy on you to begin with. Like the first mm-hmm. Earth is real easy, Mercury is real easy. You know, those early planets are not very hard. There's less enemies, they're lower level. But it's mm-hmm. because you are trying to unlock this ridiculous puzzle box of like systems upon systems upon systems. And it's the game's just trusting that it's going to take some time for you 
to get this stuff. So it mm. uses kid gloves a little bit until you get into it. Those abilities are definitely more of a late game thing. I don't want to say late game because like mm. you'll get into it pretty soon, but like it becomes a big factor once you've been playing it a little bit more, you know, and mm. it eventually mm. interweaves into this beautiful thing where you're like using a gun and then drawing your sword when a guy gets close and then back to your gun and using your powers when you get crowded and all this stuff. It's just constantly like breakneck speed action. You know, it's mm. really good. Yeah, so my friend, my friend Tara was saying that, that, um, that with regards to the cards at first, when you go into your arsenal and you look at like your Warframe or a gun and something, and you're looking at your cards, you can you can press one of the knuckle buttons in, and you can ask it to auto fill in the cards yes. to start, which 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 kind of gets you gets you up and running because you mm-hmm. you, you might not know the best way to um, to do them or what you want to do with them at the start but then as you you've essentially just made your weapon or your warframe a bit better and they right. the game the game's chosen them but as you go along you can go oh well I want to I don't really think I'd, I'm using that for the way that I play I'll swap it out for that one sure. oh, right I can I can use this currency to uh, to, to tune, tune that up a bit oh that's kind of cool and you the game again just puts you on the map and then you approach you approach it at your own pace as to as to when you want to do it and i love the fact that the game outside of just sort of showing you how to control your your warframe at the start and giving you the option of the weapon just does not tutorialize stuff and there's a joy in discovery mm. <laughs> and that kind of plays into something that I, I cja i've listened to you and patty talk about this game at length and i think you guys really enjoy that sense of mystery but it is uh i would consider a drawback of the game to an extent because it makes it less approachable you know unless we glaze over this in our <laughs> effusive praise about Warframe. It is a very, very mechanically dense game, and it does not tutorialize at all, like mm-hmm. CJ is saying. So it can be difficult for some people. Some people dig it, but some people they want to know what the answers are. Mm-hmm. So, like mm-hmm. my recommendation to anyone who might be jumping in and trying this is, if you're getting real frustrated by like, oh man, I don't even know how to do anything in this game or nothing, like reach out, seek help. Like there are. Mm-hmm. There is a very, very well-designed Wikipedia for this. Like, the community's done an amazing job with it. So you can look up anything you could want. Or find a friend who's experienced with this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, find me on Twitter. I'll answer but, anything. So, but there was, there was a great video by uh, Tony Moe who was saying about the joy of discovery. Yeah. And he was saying, like, the, the people... The people who love Warframe will realize that that discovery is a huge part of it. And whilst the the, the, the true players will will give you help when you need it, but right. won't want to kind of take away from you going, oh, my God, this happened. <laughs> um, because that's that's quite interesting. And I'm, en- I'm enjoying the conversation personally. And that, that the more that 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 the people are trying it and are playing it and are talking to us and I just, that just makes it even better. That that means that when I'm at work and I'm holding my breath because I can't really talk about Warframe uh, and, <laughs> and then and then I go on my break and I open up Twitter and I'm like, oh, my God, oh it's beautiful. Thank you. It's a it making the uh, Dark Souls comparison. It's a community mm. effort. Like this is not mm. something you can go it alone. And the game's narrative backs that up. Like the Lotus, who's kind of your prime primary uh, narrator, she talks about how you need to go find other Tenno, or well, the Tenno are basically Warframe. So it's like go find other Warframe pilots and like 
you know, have them help you out. Like, we got to work together on this. And the game mechanically backs that up, too. So I don't necessarily think it's unintentional. Like, I think they do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, And everyone can kind of bring their own fun to it. You know, if they like that mystery, don't look anything up. You know, if Mm -hmm. you just need to know, you can. Like, it's take it at your own speed. So what's been been your favorite kind of either surprise or discovery or moment josh that you that you've had because you said that you've kept coming back to it and it's sort of pushed it's been it's been calling to you in a way that destiny 2 hasn't yeah see for me it's kind of it's the subtle little touches it's because the the main reason and you'll have to forgive me for making these comparisons but because these two seem to be kind of i don't know in in the public eye quite a lot Mm -hmm. i personally wanted to just have a comparison for my own sort of headspace really because I, I just like to think about this sort of stuff so when i picked up destiny 2 and i started it obviously it's a bungee game you're gonna get a shitload of server issues that's my sure. main problem with destiny is <laughs> it, i cannot finish a fucking campaign mission because it just disconnects me and that is immediately infuriating but that's i digress so my main point here is the fact that I picked up Destiny 2. I started playing Destiny 2. I loaded up um, like my new Guardian and whatnot, and I selected it. And then I started playing Warframe after that. And the immediate thing that struck me right off the bat is Destiny 2, for a game that has its own aesthetic going on, just seems so bland in comparison <laughs> to Warframe. Because it, you, the Guardian that is presented to you at the immediate start of the game, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate it is at the very start of the game, but Warframe was also at the very start of the game, and the Guardian that was presented to you in Destiny looked just so bland and boring, but I picked Excalibur first, and mm. that was... I instantly looked like a badass. So it was immediately <laughs> playing into the power fantasy before I'd even taken control of my character so before i had even done a single thing in the game besides choosing what frame i want first i looked awesome and that (laughs) immediately just fed into i like this game it makes me feel cool already and i have i've done jack shit in this (laughs) game but i already feel like an utter badass Mm. even something as simple and I know this is just its so incredibly subtle, but I pick up on this sort of stuff. It just Even just something as the logo, is Destiny 2 is just Destiny 2. That's what it is. Whereas Warframe is kind of, it's kind of the logo behind it, kind of like it's a blossoming flower. Or that's what I perceive it to be anyway. Mm, it so is, kind yeah. Of, you, yeah, so you've, kind of, you've got the... the the first part of it, war, and obviously you've got all the negative connotations that come with the word war and, you know, the horror and the terror and all the, the blood and violence that goes with it. But you've kind of got this this flower behind it. So you've kind of got this sense of beauty blossoming from violence. And once, once you start getting into the game and you start playing it and you've, you feel this frame that you are moving around and you're actively controlling... And it just, it feels graceful. The movement and the the frame rate really sort of feeds into that. It just feels so fluid and so smooth. And you, just, you are like kind of like a, a ballerina, but you're killing some fools while she's dancing. And it's just, <laughs> and it is just that's a, so cool. That's a good cool. synopsis, I think, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing. It is um, so cool. As I've, as I've started 
because it has that learning curve thing where um, you kind of get comfortable in just doing the standard like third person shooter, like run around, hold left to aim, uh, you know, hold, start hitting right trigger to shoot, and you can get locked into that, you know, and you have circle for your melee or whatever. Um, but once you start trying to branch out, and you're like, oh wait, I can jump off of this cliff, and then I can hold. I think it's L2, and I go into like weird bullet time floaty mode, and then I can shoot people uh-huh. as I'm diving around. And then, oh wait, mm-hmm. I can, I can, I can do that and land on a on a cable, and then I can like run across this cable and then jump the other way to go across yep. the other way. Like it does that mm-hmm. thing where you know you start figuring out that you can do that stuff, but your fingers don't quite yeah. know how to do it. Uh, which yeah, I find, which yeah. I find super fun, right? Like I start, it's it's yeah. almost fun messing it up where I try to do the slow motion cool dive, and then I literally miss every shot that I hit, and then I just have to like fall into the ground and. I to jump back up to where <laughs> the enemies are. <laughs> there was yeah. a there was a moment when you and I were playing the game, and you're very early, as you mentioned. But like, it was pretty fun. Where we're running up, and we're in this big open like ice world planet kind of thing. And there's a humongous ravine in front of us, and there's a bridge off to our right where you can get across the ravine. And you start headed for the bridge, and the other three people on the squad just fly over the ravine. <laughs> 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 I don't think he said anything about it, but I remember looking back and being like, oh, Jeremy's walking. Oh, yeah, he doesn't know how to do that stuff. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like... It's I think here. there's something very, very cool about the sound design as well. Like the yeah. weapons sound fantastic. And even even uh, Jeremy saying that about jumping on the wire, there's a very kind of uh, old Warner Brothers, Bugs Bunny, sort of pointy, 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 yeah. pointy, pointy, when you're walking yes. across yes. that wire. Yeah. And it's it's great. And I still love that there's this kind of Crash Bandicoot double jump that's in there, yep. uh, which is mm-hmm. just I I still play the game and love shooting, and I think that's the, the that's the core. Of it. Or you know, if you're going into a stealth mission, there's no point where I don't go behind someone, sneak up behind someone, and enjoy kind of snapping their neck from behind <laughs> because it's so satisfying. We look a boosh. Yep. Or um, and, uh, if, oh, go ahead. Yeah, if 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 Jeremy does get his free PlayStation Plus pack and gets his Dark Sector glaive. Done. You're, uh, you're slicing throats with that baby. <laughs> Are you done? Did it all day today. It was yep. great. It was fantastic. <laughs> That's so, uh, talking, <laughs> sorry. Talking about the uh, the sound design, this is one of my favorite facts about this game that I love. So I mentioned earlier, there's about 400 guns in the game right now. Um, to give you the idea of the level of care and creativity that the team puts into this, which is a very small developer, by the way, those 400 guns. Every single one of them has a different firing noise. You can actually identify the weapon someone is yeah, using 100%. by just listening to it, which is incredible. Like that's mm. such a level of detail that I find really, really cool. Mm. On a on a on a dark sector front, I do have a few uh, little Easter eggs for Jeremy, Ooh. which are, are quite good. Do you, this one is not really Warframe connected, but do you remember <laughs> who voiced? the main character in Dark Sector. A- absolutely not, no. <laughs> I haven't played Dark Sector uh, since like 2004. It was, it was uh, Michael Rosenbaum, who was the yeah. uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville. Do you yeah. remember the character that he played, the lead character from Dark Sector? Do you know what his name was? I don't remember, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hayden Tenno. Uh-huh. Is it really? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the nemesis in Dark Sector has the symbol of the Lotus. Um, the, <laughs> Nyx, 
The Nyx Nemesis armor in Warframe is based on the Nemesis from Dark Sector. Mm. And the Excalibur Proto armor, which is one of the deluxe skins, which I've got on the Xbox One, which is beautiful, is a copy of Nathan's from Dark Sector. And there was a bit on one of the forums which said, the Codex hints that the suit existed before the Orokin Age, further hinting that these two separate games may have existed in the same universe in one way or another. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> which is the weirdest tie-in you could imagine. I oh love my. it! I love it so much! Oh yeah, that's, that's really great. Uh, just for people happy. out there, uh, uh, there was a game um, that's kind of in that double-A genre that CJ was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. that was came out for the 360, and I think the PS3, that... Um, um, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. in a, it came out in an era when like I had just gotten a 360. It had to be like 2004, 2005. Um, but like third person shooters was was like like the you know it was the the plat the 2D platformers of its time, right? Like it was they were just, it was yeah. a, it was similar yeah, sort of time to month. Resident Evil yeah. Four, wasn't it? It similar was time to, yeah. to that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so everybody and their brother, like Gears of War, Resident Evil Four, like all those were the big games. And uh, mm. this this little game called Dark Sector came around, and Dark Sector's whole gimmick, their, their whole twist on that, was that you had a glaive that you could, once you like threw it, you could control it with the right stick. So you were basically, and you know, the Batman games have done this too with the uh, battle yeah. ranks, remote control battle ranks mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was that, but like again, 2004, 2005, and you would do cool stuff like run your glaive through fire to kill an ice enemy or run your glaive through ice. I don't know how that works, but it just picked up the ice or something, but who cares because it's cool as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, not, not, <laughs> um, and that's the same, the, the developer is the same. Uh, is it Digital yes. Extremes? Is that, do I have that right? Digital yeah, Extremes, yeah. yeah. yeah it's a yeah. little mm-hmm. Canadian uh, mm-hmm. game developed company. They have done uh, a lot of work kind of behind the scenes on games. They did work on uh, Bioshock 2 developing <gasps> multiplayer for that, I believe. Really? One of, one of the mm-hmm. DLCs. I think they did work on Minerva's Den. I'm not Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, which if you play Minerva's Den, makes a lot of sense if that's true. But uh, Which also but, ties into the Tacoma thing that, that Josh nearly yeah. talks about because it's... Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Similar, yeah. and they also yeah. did uh, the strongest like mechanical resonance to me is that they worked on Unreal Tournament and specifically Unreal Championship Two. So mm-hmm. I know that's a deep cut; probably not a lot of people played that. But mm-hmm. if you're thinking, "Hmm, what I like Warframe," if you liked Unreal Championship Two and the movement and combat in that game, there's some strong, strong kind of echoes of that in Warframe, and I love that game. It's really good. <laughs> so, Jeremy, what's what have your biggest surprises been? Any favorite moments, or talk to me about kind of why you started playing and why you've kind of kept coming back to it? Because it's it's made me like so happy that that you and Josh are, are kind of in. Uh, well, starting play it. The reason that I started started playing it uh, was twofold. One was Michael, and the second was Twin Humanities. So that was pretty much... <laughs> I didn't mean that to be a leading question. I was just... You know, we, you, we, can, we can kind of... We can kind of jump... <laughs> yeah, we can, we can jump up and down about a lot of stuff, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean, like, that people will kind of give us the, the time of day. So it, it makes right. me, me happy that that's, that's the case. And, you know, everybody's time's sort of precious. But, um, yeah, what I mean, what... So that actually, was, you know, downloading it is a, a, yeah. a cool thing to start with. But getting into it is, I want to know the stories. So, um, on the Duckfeed Slack, uh, the Duckfeed TV network is the, you know, everyone knows Bonfire Side Chat that's probably listening to this. But um, the Slack has a uh, channel called Co-op and Multiplayer, which is ostensibly to plan 
uh, for people to on the Slack to get together and plan to play multiplayer games together. Because as everybody knows, like it's really difficult to find like all of your friends in the same place at the same time, all willing to play the same game. So like we you know, right. have to go to the internet to do that. Um, co-op and multiplayer has ostensibly become because uh, they kicked the Overwatch people into a different channel. So now it's basically just Diablo three and Warframe, and has yep. been Warframe like ninety percent of the time. Which is so I had seen a lot of people chatting about it, but um, if you if you watch people talk about Warframe, it's like they're talking in a different language. Like, is they're just so yes. Like, once they start talking about the currencies and the upgrade systems and all this other stuff, you just kind of glaze over it. And then um, uh, you guys, CJ and uh, and Patty, started talking about it on, on Twin Humanities, and it kind of it clicked in my mind. I was like, oh, all those, all those dudes on Duckfeed play it. So I bet if I started playing it, I would have a group of people kind of around that would that could help me through it. And then maybe I could also hop on with CJ and Patty and we could have a good time. And uh, so I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll check this out. And then, I don't know, the, the game was just relatively smooth to play. Like, it's, um, for all the, you know, the complicated, you know, mechanics that are around it, the actual gameplay feels really, really smooth and frictionless, right? Like, you just mm-hmm. get in there, you just mm-hmm. point around, and, like, you can cheat stuff. And and like I said, like, you know, you get into it and you start, like, hitting a button, and all of a sudden you're doing a slow-motion dive, and you're like, oh, shit, I can do extra <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and uh, yep. and it's, it is that sense of discovery of, you know, that the game hasn't just let necessarily, like, laid itself bare in front of you, that it's it's encouraging you to, you know, experiment with different things. And, uh, and it gives you also – it also makes that stuff easy. So if you don't want to engage mm-hmm. with that, you don't have to. Like, for instance, uh, the mod system – you know, I've, every time I finish a mission, like at the point that I'm at, I'm usually upgrading something, right? Like because I'm, I'm using a different weapon, and it just upgrades very quickly or whatever because I'm very low level. Uh, so I'll just go to the arsenal and I'll do the auto equip thing, and it just automatically puts a bunch of shit in my weapons and my my frames, and I don't really care about it. Like, and I, but I know because I know who I am. Like, I, I very much know that like I'm going to start really digging into that at, at some point. Um, mm. My favorite mm-hmm. moment so far, outside of the insanity that was the multiplayer session between uh, me, Michael. <laughs> Gary and patches. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I got to my second mastery test today, and uh, oh yeah, and which which are fun. Like I, that's a that's a neat idea, and I, I like that. So, um, like w- once you get to a certain point in your progression, you basically like oh hey, like if you want to get to your next mastery level, like you have to do a mastery test. I'm sorry, y'all. This was not the mastery test. This was me unlocking. Uh, what's the second planet? Is it Venus or Mars? I think it's Venus. I think uh, it's uh, Mercury, maybe. Mercury, but I could okay. be wrong. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I was I was getting confused. I finally unlocked Mercury, and when I went to go to Mercury, I had to go like kill a dude, and I don't know why, mm. but I don't really care about it. Mm. But uh, it just put me <laughs> in this thing, and I like walked up, and I was like, "Oh, this dude is attacking me," and apparently he was using a Rhino frame, which I didn't even know was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and he just charged me, and he hit me. And I flew back and I hit the wall and I died. And I was like, that is the coolest <laughs> shit ever. Um, I want to play more of this. And of course, like, and- immediately started over and, like, I, mean, I think I died one more time against him because I got a little sloppy and then the third time killed him. And it wasn't super hard or anything. Like, it wasn't difficult, but it was just the, oh, wow, you can do that. Like, now I bet I could, like, if I found that frame or if I built or if I bought that frame, I bet I could just run around bashing people in the head like I was a Spider Man villain. And boy, that sounds kind of <laughs> cool in a weird way to play this game. So. So it's very much stuff like that for me, CJ, of like just, you know, that sense of discovery of getting into it and just like finding new stuff. Mm. And um, Mm. like I'm very much into kind of forever games right now, like just playing a bunch of Diablo 3 or playing uh, everybody's golf that are – I'm not trying to save the world. And I guess I could be doing that in Warframe. I have no idea. I have not engaged with the story at all. But uh, like I'm not not 
nobody's like yelling at me to go do something. Like we're not, we're not saving the princess or anything. I can just like, okay, I'm just going right. to sit down for a little while and I can play a couple of missions and I don't have to feel like I'm obligated to play this for many, many hours at a time, but I end up doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did have a moment the other night, which was very knowing with it, which, um, uh, you, if you, if you're around Warframe, you'll notice a, a bit of a meme called clam, which I knew nothing about, um, until, uh, I did the, the clam missions and I'm not going to spoil them because they're, they're, they're genuinely, genuinely great. But there was the, the person Darvo that's, um, that's sending you on the missions. There was a bit with, um, one of the missions is you go into a spaceship and, uh, there's somebody else uh, in the spaceship that you're trying to um, distract attention away from. So you set the alarms off, but the, the enemy turn off the life support. So you're running around the level and some of the enemies drop life support, but you, you're finding these spires that you can turn on to, to give a boost to uh, the life support. And Darvo says something like, some of the enemies are dropping life support. <laughs> that's convenient. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's brilliant. That's really cool. That's, that's and not in a kind of, you know, super Joss Whedon, super Uber, I'm a, I'm a clever screenwriter kind of way. Just somebody yeah. went, oh, this would be really daft. And a lot of the, I mean, with digital extremes is about, I'm sure about 170 people that are there, but you find that, that uh, a lot of the people that work there are doing like the, uh, the voices that turns out that Danielle, who uh, does the, um, the PS4 stream on Twitch uh, from there is the uh, mocap person for all the dancers um, yep. and, and, <laughs> and stuff. And it's, it's just seems like everybody, even on the, the dev stream they did last night where um, they were running through the, the, um, another kind of spin through the planes of Eidolon uh, dev build. Like the designer came and sat down next to him and started making notes uh, because he wanted to see how things were being played and, and sort of things that were working and things that, that right. aren't. And I, just, I don't know, I just I, I sense a developer that like, their heart's all over it. And that to me is super engaging. And one of my favorite things is the fact that. There's an Xbox One at one stream on a Monday. There's a PS4 at four stream on a Tuesday. There's a, a primetime stream on a Thursday where they show off all the art that people have created and, like, pin it to a board behind them uh, and talk about, like, uh, concepts that fans have come up with. And fans, yeah. have, fans have made music that's gone into the game. Fans have made skins, which have then been sold in the game. And the fans get a, a, a portion of the profits from that. There's dev streams once a month. I've never seen a developer that's this close with a fan base a fan base that's this passionate in return and yet the game can't get any press in the media there was even a, <laughs> there was even a piece the other day saying that there were nearly 33 million registered users for warframe and it's got nearly 4 million concurrent players and that's gone up something like one percent or ten percent over last year, so it's holding on to its fan base. People yeah. aren't disappearing. It's like in the top ten played games on Steam, and yet can't buy a bit of mainstream press. It's it's yeah. it again. Mm. It ties into this this wonderful little mischievous secret that that loads of folks seem to be into and passionate and are excited when other folks get into it and um, and a ravenous to to find out about what their you know what the thoughts are and what they're what they're playing in that again that that kind of comes a little bit round to like demon souls and where all that started for me it's 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 nice to find this little 
this little sidestep that's so wonderful and um, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely reads like a passion project to me. So, like mm-hmm. a lot, of, you know, the mm-hmm. comparison to Destiny is inevitable because of the similarities in the art styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've had people ask me, like, "Hey, why are you not playing Destiny and instead playing this other thing?" And I think the best way I can put it is that Destiny, to me, it, it's a good game. I like playing it. I think it's well designed. It feels like a product to me. Warframe feels like a community to me. It feels like being mm-hmm. part of something that's dynamic and alive and constantly changing and interactive. You know, you can talk to the devs on Twitter. They'll talk to anybody. Like, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're very, very approachable people that work mm-hmm. super hard. Like, and you might think, oh, why are they engaging with their fans so much? Shouldn't they be making more stuff for this game? They do. They yeah, come they up constantly with new content do. patches. Like, mm-hmm. every two months, they're doing a new free expansion for their game uh which is already free so like you know yeah, how can yeah. you beat that it's it's great yeah. i mean like, so, it's 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 worth sort of going into um you know because the, the game is free um but where sort of the uh the charges kind of kick in um you yes. can play this game without spending a penny i 100 percent believe that um, so there, um, there, so real quick, uh, I this actually comes into play in our uh, questions that people ask us on Twitter because we uh, we put out the all call and said mm-hmm. like, hey, if you've got any questions about this game, I uh, am glad you remembered you that know. I did that because I need to go get those. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe, maybe we should jump into those and uh, kind of answer the questions. I don't think we have a ton of them, but uh, they're there, you know. Um, but while Jeremy's pulling that up, I want to talk about one of the other things that, you know, speaking of the free expansions and things where they're constantly making this game more and more, uh, there is a big content patch coming up. There's a lot of press, or a lot for this game, about this, but it's called Planes of Eidolon. You heard uh, CJ talk about it before. They are uh, The normal Warframe game is kind of mission-based. You go to a sector, you kind of explore a procedurally generated map, do a mission, whatever. Well, uh, coming up pretty soon, next couple of months, they're going to be releasing this update called Planes of Eidolon, which is going to introduce an open world area. So it's a big, I think they said it's two by two kilometers if it was in real life. Uh, so it's like a big, big map area that they have where the there's going to a be kilometer, a new town. Michael? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I heard on the, on the dev stream, they said sort of something like nine kilometers square. And then the designer came out on Twitter and said, uh, just to clear things up, I've remeasured, and it's like 2.8 by 2.8. I don't want anybody to. They were, they were basically just like a tiny fraction of uh, off what they what they right. said on the dev stream. But he just wanted to clear up just in case, yeah. like anybody was offended. It's like that's really nice of you. Yeah. So it's going to be this huge open world area with a new town accompanying it. You'll be able to build your own weapons using different components. So you'll be able to invent your own guns and swords and things like that. very Monster Hunter in that regard. Yes, and Mm. I mentioned earlier that I'm always going to be a sucker for a day-night cycle. Guess what? There's going to be a day-night cycle in this, which is really awesome, where these big uh, like super boss enemies will come out at nighttime and you have to either run away from them and try and scavenge rare materials while you're running or fight them if you're kind of late game and you can do that sort of stuff all looks really, really cool. So if you're wondering, hey, when would be a good time to jump in on this stuff, keep an eye on uh, social media for Warframe, and when Planes of Eidolon drops, I think we're going to have a lot of people getting into it. Yeah. Well, like they've, they've said as well, like, they're, they're not giving a date on it, but if you know as, yes. if you know as well, 
uh, all the hot fixes are kind of are kind of being completed. We've we've put the hatch down on the submarine and we're submerging. <laughs> so uh, I think th- I think the, the the PC version is going to be very very soon, and then the yes. the console needs to get certified after that. But it's nice that um, on the Reddit AMA after um, the dev stream, somebody was like, "Do I need to upgrade my my PC now because of planes of Eidolon?" And they said like they seem to be really proud of the fact that the game will run on very very small pcs and they said the first thing that we did was make sure it was running on on minimum spec pcs and it was running nicely and you know even if we even did a tweak whereby we dropped the resolution but kept the ai sort of up and everything's running on that if there's anything that we need to do is we need to keep an eye on it for top end pcs at the minute so they've they've kind of (laughs) they've kind of looked out for you know the little man first and i think that's that's really classy and it just doesn't happen in this day of kind of everything is made for larger and larger graphics cards i guess yep. they're they're definitely gearing it for accessibility because i don't know if you read about this uh, cj but they're actually mm. putting it on earth so it's going to be in the first planet that you get in the game so pretty much everyone will have access to this right from the get, which I think is very, very smart because, like, people jumping into the game, they're going to do this. They're going to want to see this, you know? And they specifically... They specifically yeah, they, said that it's going to have something for everybody. So, well, they they said last night that they didn't want to like wall things off. But if you are a new player, uh, it might be an idea to uh, you know it's going to be a tough challenge. We want you to know that from the start. You you won't be able to do like the night cycle. But if you come right. in with a group of friends, you probably have fun. And again, that's just like if you know a few people that are on, that are playing Warframe, you're you're all of a sudden you know the conversation's begun. You're having fun. You're, you're feeling those mechanics, and uh, that's. That's really cool. Yep. So we only got uh, two questions in, and one seems like it was a Mm -hmm. uh, troll from Patches, so I'm not even going to bother reading it. Sorry, Patches. (laughs) Uh, You were this close to getting your name set or getting your Twitter linked on the in the show notes, but not anymore. Try to troll us. Not anymore, sucker. Um, Teach you to make a joke about corrosive weapons at me. <laughs> the, uh, our second question is from at Blackout31, aka Pumpkin Spice Neolib. Who I and I, and I, and I know this guy. He's a, he's a really great guy. Um, really great person. I actually, I, I, I internet know them, so I actually don't know who they are. Anyway, uh, do you think Warframe does free to play well? Why or why not? Uh, Josh, have you ran up against any of the free to play stuff yet? Or are you still kind of early days? Uh, I was considering buying something the other day just because I wanted to buy a, a blueprint, which was uh, Necros, by the way. Yeah. So uh, that's that's what I'm leading up to because it was suggested by CJ and Paddy, and I took one look at it, and again, that really speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> we were like earmarked. Yeah, yep. definitely. I, I took one look at it and thought, nope, screw everything else. That's my boy. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the current one I'm, I was working towards. But I was a little bit short of uh, platinum to buy the the blueprint. Um, I think it was was is it platinum used to buy blueprints? I'm so sorry. Yes. Yeah. So well, uh, basically the free to play architecture of this game. To answer the question, uh, let me start off with saying there's nothing in this game uh, that is walled off by money. Um, with the exception of cosmetic items. So you can get to anything in the game without uh, spending money. You just spend time instead, basically, playing the game. Uh, There's a bunch of different uh, currencies in the game, but they're all mostly crafting materials. Your two main forms of currency are credits, which are the non-cash in-game currency, and then platinum, which is the the game 
uh, like the real real money uh, currency. To put it into perspective, if we start mentioning values, a unit of platinum is about four U.S. cents if you buy it at uh, the best kind of uh, rate that you can get for that, which is, of course, buying it in bulk. Um, and most items are somewhere uh, between 100 and 200 platinum for big ticket items. So that's about as expensive as the stuff gets. But uh, you don't really have to buy anything in this game, you know? No. No, yeah, you, you um, really don't. In my limited experience so far, I just haven't had the need to. Like, I've seen some stuff and yeah. I've been, like, kind of tempted. And I feel like. And um, CJ, I heard you and Patty talk about this. Like, at some point, uh, just from having so much fun, I'm going to. Uh, not necessarily feel compelled, but I'm going to want to give these people money. Like, hey, you did mm. a real good job, and you have given me entertainment. Like, here's some money for mm. your time and effort. And I just, sure. I just, I just don't see kind of a. For me, it doesn't come into question with something that I've had this much joy and this much entertainment out of. For say, paying three ninety nine for seventy five plat, or buying like a an Xbox special pack with a gun, some platinum, and like a sure. sigil in there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I don't see an issue with just chucking them something at the end of the month as like a a little bit of a thank you. And I know I don't have to, which is which is makes it makes it all the more endearing. But mm. I mean, you get. When you when you log on to the game every day, there's a um, a little loot box that opens every day, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be like a, a little bit of something that you that you might grind for, like a you know an item like a cryotic or something like that. But every now and again, it will give you a discount in the store, um, up to fifty percent. I've seen. So that's the point where it, where it'll be like, you know, uh, the skin that I got for my vault the other day, I think was only supposed to be about. 40 plat it was quite a cheap one anyway but i got it you got it even cheaper than that because of the discount or mm-hmm. it would be a case of looking and just going like oh yeah that, that looked really cool on my guy or paddy bought a uh, a shader pack last night and he's just this really bright action figure like shader <laughs> so he's, he's he's his guy just looked just looked exactly like a painted toy off the shelves in the 80s um but Again, you don't have to do that, but it just what it does. Rather than you being walled off from parts of the game where you have to uh, you have to pay, it feels like the money that I'm putting into now isn't to buy warframes. It's to kind of personalize the warframes that I've got to make them feel more mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm enjoying that. And you know, with the warframes, you can buy them for um, for platinum, and you get an extra slot for the for them available. But you constantly through doing missions, you'll there'll be ones where you you might get like a, a hat for a certain warframe, or um, you know, blueprints will will crop up, or certain missions that you can, if you rerun the missions, will you'll get bits to build warframes, and that first point where you you build one and you wait like three days for it to be built is really special because yeah. it feels even more yours. And the devs, one of the devs said on a uh, stream a couple of weeks ago, like don't buy a Warframe. <laughs> yeah. they, were, they were even <laughs> saying themselves it. because it feels <laughs> like once you, cause you've got, when you, when you're building one, you might have various little things that will crop up in like uh, boxes or bins or whatever in the, uh, in the level, but you'll get a blueprint for them. You'll get a neuroptics, a uh, chassis and a systems and once all of those are, are built and are, and are together you'll see it in your foundry and it'll give you like 
three days in three days time that'll be available but it feels yep. more personal and it feels yours um like i say the the thing is when you when you buy a warframe uh it will give you a sl- an extra slot that's available for that warframe um if you don't want to move past a certain amount you can delete a warframe to make room for a new one otherwise that extra slot will cost something like 10 or 20 platinum yeah it's um yeah that's one of the things that i hear people talk about when they say things that they've run into with the free-to-play mechanics is slots so uh weapons and warframes have inventory slots you've got a limited number to start with you can unlock them by playing the game but it's usually a pretty long road to do so uh you can purchase them with platinum but they are like so amazingly cheap like they're very very cheap it's a 20 platinum for a warframe slot uh, which is about 80 cents. And then it's for weapon slots, you get two for 12 platinum, which means they're about a quarter a piece. So they're um, pretty, sorry to talk American dollars if anyone's an overseas right. listener, but. Uh, Look, yeah, you've been it, Celsius they're, they're and kilometer all day, okay? It's about time to get back over to, to the side of the pond. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it, it doesn't ever feel overly punitive. And one of my favorite pieces of media regarding Warframe, I'm going to give a shout out to a reviewer that talked about this game, uh, Skill Up on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Blown up for him as well. Bless him. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. videos. Can you all spell that for me really real quick? Good Skill Up? It's uh, Skill Up. It's uh, S K I L L. UP, cool. and I think his channel is Skill Up YouTube, so what I just spelled with uh, YT at the end of it. But uh, he did a review of this game, and in it he talked about how the free-to-play stuff feels like a slider between time and money. So, like, he doesn't have a lot of time because he's a busy dude or whatever, but he can spend some money to kind of shortcut stuff. And that's how it feels. Like, everything is reachable in this game, but you might be able to, like, skip the line a little bit by spending some money. Uh, and that, to me, is valuable, too, because I don't have a lot of time either. <laughs> you mm. know, so I'm into that. Mm. I mean, so let's, um... we will say, I will say as well that um, to touch on something that we, we had earlier, that there is a um, if you're on PlayStation, there's a there's a free PS Plus pack, which will uh, give you some platinum and uh, weapon. There's a currently an, an Xbox uh, three year celebration that's going on where you get sort of a, a ton of free stuff and you can buy the Xbox shader pack for one platinum. Uh, Amazon Prime uh, has. Uh, a promotion that's finishing very soon where you get Frost Prime Warframe uh, and a Warframe slot. A uh, Vistapa Prime Sindana, which is kind of a swishy, swishy, ribbony cape thing. And a Dragon Mod car pack, card pack. And then in October, you get the Soma Prime Assault Rifle and the Shindo Prime kind of heavy war axe. Uh, so what we need to do is, if you're on Amazon Prime, is link that to your Twitch and then link that to your Warframe account. And they are yours for now. Yeah, and they're doing some cool stuff when Planes of Eidolon drop. You're going to get rewards for watching Warframe streams if mm. you have your accounts linked. So you can do something like, oh, if you watch three hours total of streams, people streaming Warframe, you get this item in the game. Which, I don't know if that's a thing that's happened before, but I've never heard of a promotion like that where it's just like, oh, just check out people playing this game. You yeah, Twitch has gotten fucking weird with that stuff lately with the bits yeah. and the cheers and all that stuff I, I don't even like i log into my twitch channel now and i'm like how do i find people that are streaming an actual game and not just like some weird <laughs> meta game around a, a stream yep. <laughs> for sure 
Um, let's so, go yeah. around the room and, and, and talk about our, our kind of final thoughts. I want to wrap us up since we're about at the two hour mark. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk about our final marks. Josh, why don't you go first and then, uh, we'll, we'll go over to our guest. Okay. So to get back to CJ's earlier point about, um, sort of favorite little pieces of discoveries and whatnot, there was a, a I was playing it the other morning before work and, um, I did the whole sort of uh, shoot, dodge, slow motion thing by accident. And I thought, because it was so early in the morning, I thought, did did that just happen? I'm going to have to kind of like re, retrace my steps and recreate that. And I managed to do it. And I was about to stand up and shout and then realized that it was five o'clock in the morning. And, then, <laughs> and then everyone, awesome. everyone was asleep. So I had to just kind of whisper to myself, I'm Max Payne in Warframe. I'm Max oh my Frame. God. Oh my god, I could so have sold you the game on that front and I completely missed that. And I know you love Max Frame Max Frame as I'm Max calling Max Frame now. Oh my god, there's your there's your episode title. Yeah. Um, oh god. Yeah. Funny. Yeah, but when when I had a little moment like that, just such a, a small little gameplay touch for um you know, I wanna reiterate this. This game is fucking free for christ's sake mm. it's so no. free guys so yeah. free <laughs> it's, it's so totally free and to just kind of like t- take a step back this time last year um we had overwatch come out and we also had titanfall 2 come out again thanks to cj's back in i got into titanfall 2 that ended up being my game of the year last year so and because CJ's managed to do it again, I am actually expecting another situation like this to roll around in a year's time. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm greatly looking forward to that. But because of everything that's happening around this game now, because of people talking about it, and it's just kind of shot from zero to hero in such a short space of time, <laughs> it's kind of it's it's reiterated to me the the notion of voting for the underdog. Because mm. just because a game isn't as, you know, maybe as polished to something like Destiny, it doesn't matter because I keep going back to play this. And I've only put in about four, maybe five hours myself. So I know that's ultimately nothing. But I keep going back to this and this cost me nothing. Destiny cost me 40 quid and I'm considering selling it. <laughs> because I don't, I honestly don't think I'm going to get as much fun out of Destiny as I am from this in the future. And there is something uh, years ago, something that Sean Bell said years ago. I think it was in maybe one of the Joypod Midnight Resistance Kane and Rince Christmas shows thing. I think they were talking about maybe Mass Effect Three in that show, and he said something about. He felt like he didn't need to bat for Mass Effect 3 because there were already people coming out in their droves to defend it. So it's always the smaller, lesser-known titles that need more backup and more praise Mm -hmm. and more love and affection shown to them because... You know, and that's not to say that people didn't work their asses off for Destiny. You know, that's right. not what I'm saying at all, because there was a very dedicated team there, and I'm sure they're so happy with what they've accomplished and their player base and everything. And, you know, more power to them. But I would rather stick with this side because of the sense of community and because of the level of excitement that this game has just got from nowhere over the past, I don't know, sort of few 
weeks, or it feels like that to me anyway. This game has just gone from a game I remember seeing on the store about a year or so ago and just kind of shrugging off and thinking, yeah, it looks all right, maybe one day, you know, when, when I can be bothered to check it out. But it was through the word of mouth recommendations and the fact that it was free obviously helps. And But those recommendations primarily from people who I know and people who I've come to respect and trust their opinions made me sort of take the plunge and try this game. And I'm going to be batting for the underdog again this year because <laughs> as, as good as I'm sure Destiny is, it's just not Warframe. You know, it, doesn't, it doesn't have that level of passion, that level of uniqueness to it it's not got the quirks it's just destiny in comparison is just kind of bland and brian is going to absolutely hate me hate mail right now yeah i can i can hear him (laughs) typing on his keyboard from here i mean to be fair to be fair to brian um when he was in our he was in the recording channel uh right before Mm -hmm. we we all got started and he left and said okay fine i'll go download warframe so he he can be back on our next episode going like i don't want to play destiny 2 anymore (laughs) so yeah oh my god we shall see. Um, yeah, insert a uh, meme image of like somebody looking at Excalibur and like angry Destiny Guardian with a female body staring at him from the side. Like that's that's got to be out there somewhere, right? Probably. <laughs> yeah, I expect so. If it hasn't, it soon will be. But yep. yeah, that that basically wraps up my thoughts on it. Um, so yeah, CJ, Just, uh, why don't you uh, why don't you give us? I know you've. You've, you've, you've spread a lot of sugar about this game already. This is to be the that I know of, at least the third podcast so that you've been on talking about, <laughs> including two of your own. Um, <laughs> but why don't you why don't you wrap us up a little bit? Why don't you tell everyone what what makes this game truly special for you? It's the in a in a in an age where everything seems to be super super hyped. There's this wonderful little secret that's kind of whispered its way into my heart. And I can't figure it out. And it's it's built on something which is at the, at the core of it is just so wonderfully playable. But I can jump on for half an hour before work if I've got time and just do a mission. And it's great. I can just jump in and, and jump out of it. Or it can sloop up my time <laughs> where I can just, I can bounce. But I'm playing it on two systems for crying out loud. Um, I... And the, the more there are little quirks and surprises, or you know, it's 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 fun hearing Paddy figure stuff out now about dojos, which I hadn't gone into, and he's you know he's been talking to me about that. It, the, the lovely thing is that um, you know we, we we have seized on this, and we're having like a stupid amount of fun. And whereas there are you know a lot of folks that are super super knowledgeable about Warframe, we are sort of two idiots that are just having fun discovering things but it's made me happy that not only that people have tried it and are having like equal amounts of fun but those people watching those people sort of talk to each other and we've made new friends like michael which is which is always wonderful because that's been the great things about doing (laughs) podcasting anyway that we've we've not only met new people but we've introduced people to, to to people and um that the game's the game's desperately special, and I love the fact that I can't figure it out. That I'm, I'm, I'm two months in, and I, I still haven't got a measure of it, and that's uh, that's amazing. I'm, you know, I'm hearing stuff on the periphery about uh, 
James Carroll or like I, I, the, the the guy um, that Michael mentioned, Skill Up, was talking about. Everyone was talking to him about something called the Second Dream, which mm-hmm. happens like a hundred odd hours into the game, and he's supposed to be like crazy, crazy special. But yes. It just feels like the you know what just said about the the underdog was wonderful. It seems like these these people that are so passionate about what they're doing mm-hmm. that they've constantly refined what they're doing. I, I I've heard them say that what the thing that bothers them the most is that they don't want the status quo to stay where it is. They want to kind of constantly be pivoting and doing new things. And um, I, I'm really taken with the community, the people in it, the, the company are crazy passionate about interacting with their, their fan base and have got people around them that aren't just, oh, I'm the media PR person. They know the game. They can play the game. They can give you an answer for anything that's in the game. Um, it's I'm, I'm truly, truly obsessed with it in a way that a game, <laughs> a game hasn't gotten me and like this for a long, long time, probably, probably since Demons. Um, and it's that's just really wonderful to just even to look at like the new releases and stuff and, and just say like, I'm happy where I am. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know what I'm playing. And you know, that can, that can be on my own jumping in with a, a bunch of randos that the, that the games puts in or, you know, meeting up with friends online and just tackling it together. And th- that conversation being there as, uh, as part of the game and th- seeing the joy of their discovery as well. Um, I know there's just so many facets around it and like this even sort of you know more grandiose uh hole above above that that I can't I can't get a measure of and I I find that bewitching I find it spellbinding and it's 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 gone under my skin it's it's you know games are these this wonderful little miracle that we can we can criticise, we can we can jump up and down about, but they're, they're truly magical and it feels like this has something genuinely honest and artistic and alien and passionate and fun and all of these things that just, just make me appreciate how much I love this hobby and how much I, I kind of maybe take it for granted at times, um, but underlines just what it means to me i guess and the the, the the people that i that i love surrounding it michael you want to try to follow that or uh you're just gonna <laughs> <laughs> that's sorry that, uh, was, that I, was a rant I, no it's fine I, <laughs> that was uh, that was me sitting here with my eyes rolling into my head as if my breath <laughs> like like i was in bloodborne or something and like as if the answers were in my head but my head was yeah. full of this kind of crystalline frosted sat- static sure. <laughs> you have frames on the inside so, uh, cj you have frames on the inside yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um uh what he said uh it's uh, that's all good stuff and I'll tack on with my own thoughts about it without going into too much depth. You know, uh, fair warning to people, like, this is not an absolute perfect thing. Like, it has the MMO grindiness at times, and it is very opaque in terms of its mechanics. It doesn't explain itself very well, which to some people may be a plus. That being said, uh, this is something truly, truly unique in games. It's something so rich and so deep that every time i play this game 
I'm discovering something new about it. And that's a powerful statement because, like, uh, <laughs> to be 100% honest, guys, I've played 1,200 hours of this game. I checked before I came on here. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and right before I signed on to this, I had a moment where I looked at something and said, huh, I didn't know that. 1,200 mm-hmm. hours, guys, and I didn't know that. Think about that for a second. This is, uh, this is a very, very special game, I think. And you, guess what? It only costs your time to try it out. It's free, mm-hmm. and I highly, highly recommend it. And uh, I think all of us are in agreement. Like, reach out on Twitter and 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 touch and you know tag us in. Like, if everybody who listens to this knows how uh, friendly we are on Twitter, like I'll jump into just about anybody's yeah. game if I if I'm around. Mm-hmm. And I know Michael is the same way. Um, mm-hmm. CJ, I think I think is the same way as well. Just you know, tag them on Twitter, and if everyone's around, then they could they could probably help you out. Um, yeah, ask me anything about this game. I uh, my friends joke about me being like a living Warframe uh, Wikipedia. So, like, if you got <laughs> questions, I got answers. Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> uh, well, CJ, Michael, thank you so much for guesting and, and and spending this entire podcast just talking about Warframe. I, I really, really appreciate it. I think <laughs> I truly think that uh, from our own part, this is a this is a really special game, and um, it, th- those. CJ mentioning those those kind of things going back to uh, discovering souls for the first time. I think this is very similar to that, mm-hmm. and the community that springs up around it. Like I've barely scratched the surface, and I'm already finding really really fun people and really interesting things. So, like I'm, those are the kind of game experiences that I that I love. Like and and finding this stuff, I think is going to be just a, an absolute joy over the next few months. Um, so I'm. Again, thank you, both of you, for for coming on and talking about this. And uh, anybody who oh, listens, yeah, awesome. thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, uh, thank you. Anybody who listens to this uh, probably already listens to, to Twin Humanities, CJ, but can you talk a little bit about Twin Humanities, what it is and where it can be found? Uh, yeah, Twin Humanities uh, just finds on Twitter to under Twin Humanities and you can bounce to uh, the podcast. Initially, Twin Humanities was uh, a podcast covering the Souls games and Bloodborne. Uh, we then boinged out into uh, Oh, the Humanities, where we were talking about other games and movies and, you know, from my perspective, like, Takasatsu and coffee and whatever you know, Paddy would talk about books and you know whatever came to mind. But that's that in itself has kind of briefly morphed into kind of Tenno the humanities uh, as as we've, as we've had uh, two so Warframe good. specials so far. We've got another one coming up after that, and then we've got kind of something a little bit special and Warframe ish for the episode after that, which we discussed last night um which is going to be kind of fun but um yeah just two idiots just trying to figure out games have a laugh um and a lot of you know the warframe stuff especially is just as kind of the first one was me coming to the game and trying to talk baddy back into it because he played it sort of early on and, and didn't really mesh with it and as then finding a way having discussions the fun that we've had and um just that hopefully that joy of discovery on the show and people maybe going kind of, oh, that sounds, sounds neat. I'll have a pop at that. But um, yeah. Yeah. It's worth mentioning. We didn't really touch on it, but real quick, uh, the game, if you tried it back in the day and didn't care for it, maybe give it a second shot because they have changed it and improved it in a lot of very meaningful ways. So mm. you can kind of rip mm. Van Winkle yourself into it because Patty had tried it and he said he initially did not like it. Mm. And uh, came back and was just like, "Whoa, this is something different entirely." Mm. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. if people do want to hit you up on Twitter, CJ, 
Oh yeah, they can find me uh, under Coffee Jesus. That's with a Z instead of the S in the middle of uh, Jesus. Uh, but yeah, come say hi, join the conversation. Um, it's it's just been really fun these last few weeks. Just everybody trying to figure this stuff out, and everybody sort of sharing tales about what what's happened. And I'm still grinning ear to ear at Josh <laughs> finding his Max Payne moment. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that there'll be there'll be somebody with me saying that the game kind of feels a little Platinum Games meets Destiny. That somebody will will do that slide in. Uh, um, in, in Warframe and just go like oh my god it's a bit Vanquish and, and they'll, they'll find their own little like tickle and stuff but yeah it's oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michael where can people find you on the internet well uh, I frequent Twitter a lot especially lately with all this Warframe chat going on you can find me at uh, Michael underscore Pren on Twitter that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L underscore P-R-E-H-N. And uh, pretty much my entire line, uh, timeline is Warframe, so <laughs> you can see where my interests lie. In addition to that, um, I recently started a YouTube channel and a blog. And uh, the blog can be found at, um, I believe it's uh, worthgettinggames.wordpress.com. I have two posts up so far. One of them is about Wolfenstein, the new order, which we kind of discussed there. And I will be posting some Warframe content down the road a little bit. The YouTube channel is also worth getting games. Uh, and that's where I put all of my streams up. So I've done a couple Warframe streams specifically of the first five hours of the game. So if you're getting into it and you're like, I don't know what's going on, maybe uh, check them out because I stop and kind of explain things and how stuff works, things of that nature. And I'm going to continue doing some more Warframe streams as well. And I put links to all of those things that CJ and Michael just mentioned in the show notes, and um, as well as their guest page on darkinsight.net. So you can find all of that there in case you didn't write any of that stuff down. It's, it'll be right there on the website. <laughs> Josh, tell us about where you can be found on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MorbidBeard. I uh, just wanted to give people a, a quick shout-out um, to, to just say thank you for um, wishing my, my good lady congratulations for passing her driving test today. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, she's super. You know, I can see you grinning ear-to-ear ear over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's been she's been super, super happy today. So, yeah, um, just thank you to everybody who took the time to, to do that. It was greatly appreciated. Um, and I imagine I'll be playing a lot more Warframe as time goes on, so I will be probably um, quite uh, persistent in the chat myself. So um, yeah, so if you fancy chatting Warframe or anything in general, just uh, just give me a shout. My heart yeah. is fit to burst after this conversation. It's just been <laughs> so so lovely. Same here, Josh. Definitely. You were on an episode of Monster Deer Monster recently, right? Yes, I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I recorded with them uh, last weekend. Um, we recorded a show all about the thing where I think I might have uh, gone a bit overkill with regards to my love for that film because fuck me, that film is so good. <laughs> I love it. Um, You're talking yeah, about the 2011 version, right? Uh, I did. That did. That did get a bit of sugar. That did get a bit of sugar for me. But if we were talking. No, we were talking about the uh, the John Carpenter yeah, yeah. thing. You know, the, one of one of the best horror sci-fi films ever made. Um. So yeah, but I mean, I did give that one a bit of sugar and the PS2 game as well. To be fair, because you know, it's 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 all right. Um. So yeah, but you can um hook them 
look them up at um, Monster Deer Monster. I can't remember what their Twitter handle is. It's already in the uh, it's already in the show notes. Don't worry about it. So just go oh, hit the show that. notes. And it'll it's almost like he's done this before. <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice, you know. <laughs> you can find me on yeah. Twitter at JG Greer. Uh, you can find the podcast at darkinsight.net. That has links to all of our various social medias. It has links to all of our guests, like the fabulous CJ and the wonderful Michael Prynne. Um, it has links to all of our host page in case you want to find out where to get to, for, to me, Cliff, Vader, Brian, or Josh. It basically has links to everything. We really appreciate you listening. Uh, just a quick heads up, for the last few months, we've been putting this show out weekly. We're going to we're gonna kind of slow that down a little bit. Our, our lives got a little busy, especially heading into Christmas time. So between mm-hmm. um, family and work and stress and everything else, we just haven't had the time to dedicate into games. And instead of just... You know, trying to put out a, a podcast every week just because we're just going to slow it down so we can bring you the best content, the best hashtag content possible. So uh, <laughs> there's not going to be an episode next week, uh, but the week after we'll be back with more great dark insight. Thank you again to our wonderful guest, and we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Say goodbye. Bye. Have a good night, y'all. Bye. Tati boodles. Tati boodles, everybody. That's a, the classic Louisiana catchphrase. Tati boodles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my grandma said. <laughs> just, just like my mama used to say back in the day. Yeah. Just what is a tati boodle? Well, we get some shellfish and we smack a lobster in it. And then we, yeah. we add some, some shit pan and some jelly. I'm just I'm just very heavy on a keyboard. And I think it, I think it comes from uh, being a musician and kind of playing <laughs> piano a little bit, and then all of a sudden right. it's like bang 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 bang. But all all your keyboard keys are actually four by four inches, and you just punch. Them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought you I thought you were going to say like all of your keyboard belong to us. <laughs> it's like yeah, kind of. <laughs> Someone set up us the bar. We get signal. What? Main screen turn on. It's you. How are you gentlemen? All your days are belong to us. You are on the way for discussion. What you say? You have no chance to survive late your time. Ha ha ha.